Blog Talk Radio. Betting odds. So, um, um, 
I, I think it should be a really competitive fight, um, and, and we'll see. But, yeah, we're going to kind of go through, you know, the awards, the, the fighter of the year, the fight of the year, the upset, the knockout, the prospect. I always get heat for the prospect of the year because uh, I don't just turn in a uh, a ballot that says this ain't no guy is the prospect of the year. That's just not how I, I do it. Um, should have Lukey Boxing coming through, too. I thought he did a really good job um, on his website of breaking all these categories down from the, the different ones that I've read. I thought he did a pretty good job at that. So we'll have him come through in just a short little bit. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of a, a laid-back show. Just randomly started coughing, like, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit ago. I don't I don't know what's going on. But, anyway, if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope Dope and download the show directly there or listen to the browser you can find. This year, Rope Dope Radio platform on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spricker, Stitcher, Player FM, TuneIn, and a host of other places. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegrowingtruth.com. Phil Boxing and Eastside Boxing as well. One more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99. They still have that three-month special that saves you $160. Uh, if you go with the choice package or above for HBO Max, Showtime, Stars, Epics, and Cinemax, it's all included for three months. They now have a, a deal that I think is over five months. You save 50 bucks if you go with the choice package or above and you buy the exclusive digital streaming device. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. It's direct TV stream. Okay, so, um, you know, when it comes to news like this, you know, I tend to wait and see. I mean, that's something that um, I just like doing. It, it just makes sense. You know, there's times, especially way in the past, that, something's come up and you kind of think you have some information and then all of a sudden a couple days later, sometimes a couple months later, some truth comes out in the case. I mean, actually, Jamal Charlo, a lot of people thought he was going to jail and it turned out that the, you know, the charges were not true and he, they got dropped. And so, you know, he did get arrested so therefore, and we have a 911 call. And of course, if you're just tuning in, I'm talking about the Javante Davis stuff right now. Um, like I said, he did get arrested. I think it was a $1,000 bail, which, you know, every state's a little different when this stuff, you know, comes up. I believe this is in Broward County in Florida, if I remember correctly. Um, so, you know, I, I try not to judge it fully. And that's just how I do it. I know people will give me shit one way or the other. Um, but, yeah, we, you know, we hear um, the 9-11 or 9, sorry, 911 call. Um, and, and, you know, she's saying stuff like he's going to kill me and talking about 
that she has a dot, you know, her daughter, uh, this, that, and the other. She basically, there's a picture uh, that Tank released that I, you could see her walking around outside with her daughter in hand. Um, she said on the on the call that he's messing with the tires, meaning the vehicle. Um, so, like I said, <clears throat> excuse me, right away. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you go, really, dude? Like, your fight's right around the corner. What are you even doing? You know what I mean? But like I said, I, I don't like to go too crazy with this stuff because, you know, we've seen it go the complete opposite way. Um, so it's not like I'm going to go in-depth. Some of the quotes, uh, it's, it's when you hear the 911 call, when you read the quotes, and then when you hear it, and there's two different clips going around the TMZ sports clip is, is one of them that I listened to. I listened to two of them, actually. And some of the quotes is, I need help, please. I'm trying to go home. I have my baby in the car. He attacked me in front of my kid, and now he's messing with my tires. There's also, like, he's going to kill me, that type of thing. And I'm not trying to cheapen any of this when I, when I read it. I realize that, yeah, he's going to kill me uh, at one point to the operator. Now, there is a point where... It sounds like, I believe it's Gervonta in the background, where they're actually having um, an argument, it sounds like, or they're at least communicating with each other in some form, okay? And then the second when the operator, and I'm just giving both sides, okay? When the second the operator says something, then she does kind of up her ante in a sense. Um, And like I said, he put out a message saying I didn't um, I didn't hit anybody, you know, this, that, and the other. I never put my hands, uh, you know, on my child's mother uh, nor daughter because there was a rumor about that. And the rumor, I don't know if it got squashed right away, but it should have been about the daughter because that would have been in the charges. There would have been multiple charges up there. But, um, but I know I'm not going to necessarily read all of his posts either, you know, because like I said, some of this stuff, it just goes back and forth. Um, what we do know, he was arrested Tuesday, charged with battery causing bodily harm, domestic violence. Um, and, and, you know, even in the, the, the report, there was kind of a, like, they made it sound like he might as well just say he punched her because it was like a closed fist thing. I don't know, right? Um, and anyone that's followed anything to do with police reports, you can't take them as gold. That's not to say she's lying. Like I said, I'm not going to be on here victim blaming either. I see a lot of fanboys or just people that want to see a fight regardless. Um, I, I'm not going to go that route, okay? Um, but in the same breath, I'm just talking about what's been out there. So when you first see it, you see the mugshot, you see he's going to kill me, you see these quotes, you hear the stuff. It sounds pretty bad, you know? On the flip side, you know, I don't know. I mean, some of the stuff he released, like the toothbrush having feces on it and and just random stuff, it's tough to judge. You know what I mean? I can't sit there and say, oh, she's faking it, trying to get money. I have no clue. I have no clue. Um, We did see – the one that I really talked about in detail was the one – it's coming on two years ago, I think it was, or was it late last year? I think it was two years ago. But anyway, was the one where he was at a basketball game and he grabbed 
the female by her jacket really tightly and kind of dragged her by the jacket very forcefully. And there were reports about what happened behind that uh, as well. Um, and, you know, I made it blatantly clear that that's not how you go about it in general. And the obvious thing when you see something on video, you go, wow, if he's, if he's willing to be that forceful um, by grabbing someone like that, especially a female, then, you know, your, your mind just goes to what does he do behind closed doors, right? So I, I was a lot more comfortable at talking about that scenario because there was film. Now, maybe there's film in his house. Maybe he has cameras. You know, I have no clue, and I'm not going to act like I do. Um, there was, I saw Elliot Buckling uh, on Twitter. He's a nutritionist. That's what it was. It wasn't, I, I was wrong on that. I don't know if it was just a the trainer or the nutritionist, and that's it. Sometimes it's combo, the strength and conditioning. But uh, for Spence and Bobby Jack and, and uh, Gervonta, uh, he says, not all stories make headlines, not all headlines are stories. I, w- I, I stood, uh, hold on, I, he said I was stood, which doesn't make sense. I stood right there when this call was made. The scene doesn't match the call. That's what he said on Twitter. Okay, so I don't know if he was literally right there or if they were talking on the phone or on FaceTime, but he said, I stood right there when this call was made. The scene does not match the call. Someone on Twitter, of course, was, you know, was like, then why didn't you record the interaction? If you knew it didn't match, you should have, provide, you, you should have pro- provided evidence. Of course, uh, you're going to say this. He's paying you. And that, that's a little, like, over the top, too, because it's like, well, t- come on, dude. Like, you don't just know right away, oh, I'm going to, you know, put out my camera and start recording stuff. You know, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and uh, act like I know what it is. Okay. There's still a lot of evidence that needs to come out, whatever. Now, a lot of people are saying, why isn't this event canceled? Obviously, um, because of a lot of people bringing up Rolando, you know, Roley, Romero. Um, but, and I will say this, Espinoza did kind of clarify some of this stuff. Um, and he said that we need to stop with the false narratives that never happened. Showtime didn't cancel his bout. He withdrew. That wasn't Showtime doing. Okay. Now it was reported in a variety of ways, but here's a quote from Rowley. Uh, this is from Ring TV. Although allegations against me are totally false, I will prove uh, that through the legal system. I agree. I will prove that through the legal system. I agree that it is the best interest of everyone involved that I not participate in the upcoming pay-per-view event. So I did want to put that out there. Like I said, it's been reported a couple different ways, um, but I think that part's important as well. So. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and read all of his posts, you know. Um, but he, he, he denies it. You know what I mean? He definitely denies it. But, it, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm not going to go too much further in there because I don't like to prejudge this stuff. You know, there's been – I don't know. I just – I'm totally against putting hands on a female. I was raised um, not – 
solely by my mother, but mostly I lived with her for a good chunk of my life. So, um, you know, putting hands on I, just the way, you know, if you look at domestic abuse towards female females and then if you look at rape and how it is uh, sentenced in this country, it's crazy. It's super low. It's 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 unbelievable almost um, that it's like that. But something that I want to say right off top, I should have said that right off top actually. But um, so I'm you know it's not something like oh shit happens too bad. You know that's not my mentality. But and I know people are gonna you know message me oh you're you're protecting him and all that or I didn't go over the top by reading his message fully. Um, like I said, there is usually three sides to a story. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened, so I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna report what happened and then move on. Because, like I said, I really don't know. Um, there was an abrasion, I believe, uh, inside the lip. We don't know how that got there for sure. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? So there, there's. We'll see where this comes. Like I said we'll see what comes out of this. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the thousand dollar bail. If a boxer or not even just a boxer, but if you, if you hit somebody, um, you'd think it'd be more than that. But like I said, every state's a little different with this stuff or from state to state, it can be a little different. Not every single state, I suppose, but, um, that's it right now. Um, he's saying he didn't do it. He's saying she is looking for a payout. And like I said, we, we, we pretty much heard her side based off the, the 911 call. Um, we can't take any of this as the 100% truth, no matter what side you're, or angle you're coming from. We just can't. We, we just can't. So I'm not going to go too much further there. We did get some bad news uh, out of the Jermel Charlo camp. He uh, suffered a left-hand fracture which now they're going to have to delay the mandatory title defense with uh, Tim Zhu. Um, and uh, he got a lot of shit for it. I, I think some of that shit, well, I mean, obviously he's a PBC fighter, so a lot of those guys get shit regardless. But if we're being fair, Charlo did say something about Castaño's injury before as if he was faking. So, and, and maybe he was. Maybe he did need to get in shape. I, I have no clue. Um, but that that's some of that shit comes from there. But he did release uh, some information, you know, when it comes to that online. And, and he did send it to who needed it, you know, to, to prove it or whatever. So that does suck, obviously. Um, so there is a bit of news there. Um, and then, you know, the I don't know, it's. I'm not going to – we'll have some fight news on the back end of all the awards and stuff like that. We'll definitely do some some fight news. But Kazuto Aoki uh, and Joshua Franco are fighting – what would that be? Saturday. I suppose it would be Saturday morning. Um, Haven't found out anything just yet as far as uh, where it's going to be able to – you know, where we're going to be able to watch it. so I don't, I don't really know. I, don't, I think the card starts probably <clears throat> super early uh, Saturday. Um, and my guess would be like four or five would be the main event, but that's just a guess. So I'm not really sure about that. Um, 
it is a unification in Japan, like I said, with the New Year's Eve stuff. Um, it's a good matchup. In fact, let me check what the odds are now. I know it was uh, pretty close before. Yeah, right now, Joshua Franco, is the highest I see, this is pro boxing odds, by the way, plus 140 is the highest I see, plus 125. Plus 120 is the lowest, and that and that's at a couple different places. So, you know, when it comes to this stuff, that that's pretty close to a pickup type fight, you know, in boxing, as far as boxing goes. That's close to a pickup, and, and I think this will be, um, I think this would be a really good fight. You know, um, you have Ioka who just brings that pressure. He wants to get close to you. He likes to fight. You know, inside, he likes to put his hands together. I mean, not just a two-punch combo. He can do three- and four-punch combos. He loves to go to the body and head and mix that up. Um, And he does, you know, he throws good combinations, but he doesn't constantly just throw a a ton of punches. He just brings, he applies really solid pressure, um, and they're accurate. So he's not getting super wide with the shots. He just a he's just a really good ass pressure fighter. And Franco, you know, he can fight on the inside as well, but kind of in that middle ground that that his range is more of the mid range, right? Um, he he has a you know usually a tight guard uh, that's kind of the you know kind of that high high guard. Um, and, you know, he, he, he can counter as well. Like I said, his range is at that mid-range, not to say he can't fight on the inside. But I think ultimately, as the fight goes on, you know, getting into the fourth and sixth and eighth round, I think as the fight wears on, I think you'll see um, Ioka kind of slowly but surely land the better punches and just take over the fight, winning the rounds fairly cleanly um it might get to the point where franco is just so involved on the inside but get can get hit like i said franco usually has that high guard up but i just think it's going to be a good fight man i think it'll be fairly action-packed um i just think overall ioko is going to win i think he'll 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 be able to land the better shots uh, he's got a little bit more power. He's got that patient. He's patient, but he's bringing pressure, kind of like a, um, like an educated, I guess you could say, educated come forward fighter. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, I think he'll win. Um, and, and he's just been in there. Uh, you know, in my opinion, he's been in there, you know, at, at the higher level. He's got more experience, that's for sure. Um, you know, of late, been two, if you look at um, Joshua, he's been, yeah, it's two different uh, trilogies. You know, of course, he had the one with Andrew Maloney where, you know, he won two out of the three, and then Oscar Negrete as well. Um, well, those were two draws, but he has the only, yeah, there are two draws, right? Two splits. He's got the only decision now, um, and uh, so yeah, he only he took a loss to uh, 
who was it? Uh, Fernandez. I should check. I forgot that guy's first name. But um, I just think experience in the the more accurate puncher, the guy who's going to accurately punch and bunches is going to win that fight. Um, so that that's kind of what I'm going with there. Um, and like I said, there, there'll be some other um, fight news in there. But um, I, I do want to kind of get to some of this award stuff, kind of going over this stuff. It, you know what I mean? It's not – there's – everyone's kind of got an opinion when it comes to this, and um, and that's cool. You know what I mean? Nothing wrong with that. Um, so, yeah, just based off – well, let's start with like um, – let's start with the prospect of the year, right? You know, you have um, the Keyshawn Davises, the Shanabek, uh, Jared Anderson, uh, Robisi Ramirez, Diego uh, Pachero, or Pachero, Pachero, um, uh, Jalalov would be a good one, too. I still think David Morell, even though he had, like, a, a secondary belt, I kind of see – I still saw him as a prospect. Going in, I think he's moved into contender range now. Uh, you know, he got another 12-round fight um, in his last fight. Uh, I think you could still call him prospect. Uh, maybe last year when he was the prospect of the year. The guy, the cruiserweight who uh, beat Breedis, uh, Opatia, or o- Opatia, I, Tia, I think Tiaia. I forgot how to say that guy's name, but he could have been the. He kind of came in a sense out of nowhere. Um, you know, I don't think did he have that many, um, you know, quality names on his uh, on his ledger before. I don't, I don't think so. But so there's a lot of names that you could go with. You know what I mean? Mine for my money though, Frank Martin. Frank Martin is the prospect of the year, and I know what you're going to say. A lot of you, you know, I get it. It happens every year. <laughs> um, and I talked about this – I'm not going to go too far into this because I talked about this, uh, you know, not long ago. But at the beginning of the year, he was a prospect. Okay, I think that's just obvious. He he, he had three fights this year, Romero uh, Duno, uh, Jackson Marinez, and Michelle Rivera. And so I think you can't really say that he had – like he wasn't – he wasn't a contender – and now he's a full-blown contender at the end of this year. So he definitely was not a contender at the beginning of the year. And, you know, he, he turned himself into that. So to me, I like dudes – I like fighters that go from prospect to contender. And sometimes it can even be a championship belt. You know, I, would, I don't rule that out at, at all. So, yeah, for me, I think it's, uh, I think it's Frank Martin – because, like I said, he's a he's a full-on, no matter where you put him, top five, top ten, whatever. I've seen people put him all over the place. He had a great performance. Um, and he just got a lot of good experience rounds. That Marinez fight was really good. I mean, that was a much more difficult fight than this last one, really. Um, so that that's my prospect of the year. Like I said, um, it is what it is. You know, some people – think that's a crazy way to do it and say hey he was a he was already a contender because he was ranked in the top 10 um in some of these 
you know, ranking. It, to me, that's cool, but he wasn't that until he he won two fights or at least one fight this year against uh, Miranda. So that that's 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 who I got. Um, robbery of the year. Um, a lot of people were saying Taylor Catterall. Um, I did think Catterall won the fight. I didn't think it was like ten to two or nothing like that. Uh, also, um, Makabu, that that cruiserweight, Makabu and Mochuno. I, I thought Makabu got a got a gift there. I, I would say that was up there. Also, Kevin Delgado. Um, they gave didn't they give that to Pirelli or Perella? I thought he lost that fight. Um, I don't know. I mean, God, it seems so long. It's been over a year since Taylor and Catterall fight. And I think there's actually some news on there. Isn't there some news that – because that was supposed to be in February. That fight's been pushed back a bunch. Wasn't there some news on that recently? I think there was. I think that's now officially going to take place. Well, do we have an exact date, actually, now that I think about it? I can't remember now. Um, Actually, let me check real quick. I thought I saw some news come out. Yeah, from Talk Sport, Ben Shalom says um, Josh Taylor versus Jack Catterall. Rematch is now signed for March in Glasgow, Scotland. So it says March. He says March. So, you know, take that for whatever. I haven't heard the exact date on that one. So um, I actually don't know what that is. Now that I think about it, um, so yeah, that's uh, I would say that that one just because it's probably the most high profile, but that cruiser one, one I thought was pretty bad. Uh, I thought Salgado should have gotten the the nod as well. Um, comeback fighter of the year, uh, Regis Progre. I thought you could definitely. Um, you could definitely, you know, because he's been ever since he lost to Taylor, he just he's been looking for a big fight, and uh, and then he got it. You know, he got a big fight, and he he made a lot of you know a lot of hay from it. Um, another guy you could definitely, well, I guess this could have bled into last year with the Zukon, uh when Lee Wood is one that you could say um, Kiko Martinez again. Uh, Jordan Gill, who had a big win, and then Kiko knocked him up. That's another one. Uh, I saw people talking about uh, Dakota Linger. I think that was on uh, Luki's. Uh, and Brian Mendoza was another one. I think that was who Luki picked, uh, beating Rosario. So I would say Lee Wood, Regis Progre, or Brian Mendoza. I mean, comeback fight of the year, probably Lee Wood because he was losing that fight too, in my mind anyway. And then he, you know, made, you know, it was a huge, huge thing. Um, so that's probably what I'd say that one, uh, the comeback fighter of the year, network of the year, network slash promoter of the year. I think the zone was, I thought showtime through, uh, through six months was uh, in the PBC had the best year. But then Showtime main events, like three out of their last four main events, or was it four out of five? I think it's three out of four. The late June, the August one. Yeah, I think it was 
and maybe it was four, four out of five. I mean, they, they closed well with their main event in December with Riviera and Martin. And they, like I said before, the, the, their undercards were still good, but their main event, it just didn't have that championship boxing feel to it. Um, so I think that they kind of uh, fell off there to close. Obviously, boxing as a whole did. but um, So I would say the zone, and I would say, whereas I think Golden Boy did better last year than Matchroom, I would give it to, to Matchroom. I'd give it to Eddie Hearn. So I think DeZone had the network of the year uh, slash Eddie Hearn matchroom for network promoter. A lot of times it's 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 basically the same thing. Uh, I know obviously that Golden Boy's there, but yeah, I'd say DeZone because last year Matchroom had a weird year. It was kind of all over the place, and uh, and then Matchroom USA they had like a three or four months where they didn't even put on an event. Um, I remember that going, what the hell's going on? But if you look at the uh, size of the events, uh, you had two Canelo fights. You obviously had the uh, Taylor Serrano. I mean, I would say that it was, uh, I thought the zone was the most consistent through the year. But I, I, I think, you know, I gave Showtime it last year in the PBC. But like I said, after, once that last card in early July, the Magseo upset, I thought that will, or no, that uh, Magseo pulled an upset earlier, but the Magseo uh, Vargas. Is it Vargas? Yeah. Um, I think after that, their main event fell off, you know, for sure. So that's who I would give it there. Um, round of the year, that's always a funky one. Lee Wood and Conlon, obviously with the dramatics. Um, round five, Taylor Serrano. That was awesome. Uh, starting out the year real early, this probably would be it. I think this was Mookie's, the Victor Faust and, uh, was it Colossi? That was that first round. Both of them hit the deck. That was nuts. That was nuts. Uh, De Los Santos and, uh, and, uh, Jose Venezuela. That was a good ass, um, a good ass round. I'd probably give it to either Taylor Serrano. Well, I'd give it mm, kind of a three-way tie in there. Round 12 was nuts, but with the Conlon thing, but how much success did Conlon actually have in that round? So I'd probably do the the Victor Faust, uh, who won the fight, uh, to start out the year, actually. Um, that was one of the better cards, too. It kind of sucked that it was, well, it totally sucked that it was on pay-per-view, but that was one of the, the best cards of the year. Um, knockout of the year, I got to give it to Leewood just because of the dramatics of how it happened. Um, you know, going outside of the ropes and all that, um, you could do the jerk, uh, Joe Cortina. That was like, what, a second round over Ogawa, Ogawa, Caleb Plant, Durrell. What was that? The ninth round. That was, that was disgusting. Just anyway, taking care of Donaire in, in two rounds. Uh, was pretty pretty nuts. Um, Jordan Gill, uh, that was a big knockout. Calum, uh, Callum Smith, that was a big knockout. Gervonta Unroli, that was too. Um, Crawford, Avenesian, that was a nasty knockout. Wild, did I say Wilder Hellenius? I would say Lee Wood just off dramatics. I'd probably either say Caleb or Crawford just off of your out-out. But the dramatics for me, 
I'd probably go Lee Wood on that one. I'd probably go Lee Wood on that one. Um, and then there is uh, – hold on real quick. I'm getting some messages. Jeez. This – all right. Um, let me send a text to a couple of people real quick. So then you get into upset of the year. And obviously, Bibble, Canelo was a huge one. Hector, Luis uh, Garcia, that was a big one over Chris Colbert. Uh, Fernando Martinez over Anaconas, that was was one. That Edwin DeSantos, I just mentioned that over uh, Venezuela, that was a big one. Another one, uh, Dakota Linger, I think that was over the Josue Vargas. Maxeo. Gary Russell Jr., I know he was hurt, but still it was an upset. So, um, And actually, there's this list that comes out every, or that kind of gets added throughout the year. It's like Boxing Ghost or some shit like that. I don't actually follow him, but um, there's a couple of them, like Holyfield's kid, Yvonne Holyfield, Jermaine uh, McDonald, that's the biggest one, plus 3,000. Um. Hermans plus two thousand two fifty over Mary Spencer. Uh, Dante Jardin was a, a plus two fit or two thousand two fifty. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I forgot about Dante Jardin plus two thousand. Man, um, Shane Gill plus fifteen hundred. So the, here it is. Hector Luis Garcia plus fifteen hundred over Chris Colbert. Lucas Brown was another one, too, uh, plus 1,400, Junior Fa. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, um, Rasheed Warren, that's right, he got beat, plus 1,300 by uh, Pedroza. Like every year, we got a lot of upsets, you know, but it did seem like we, the last few years, we've been, so that Edwin De Los Santos was a plus 800 for Jose, so that was obviously another one. Um, so yeah, there's this list there. It's, it's a pretty good list. There's a lot more. There. Um, so yeah, I um, for the upset, I probably would go with Hector Luis Garcia. I thought that he was a good fighter. Or the actually the uh, the cruiserweight over Breedis Opatie or whatever you say his name. I'd say that's kind of a two way tie there. Because um, Bivol is a huge upset, but it's not as big. You know, you knew he had, at least had a shot, that's for sure. Like, some of these other guys are like, wow, I, I can't believe that happened. But there's a lot of them. Training of the year comes down for me to, to Bob Santos and Derek James. I gave it to Derek James. Um, the Frank Martin, uh, two unbeaten contenders, that was a nice way. A lot of people thought that was close to a 50-50 fight on paper. And then, obviously, you had, you know, Jermall Charlo, unif- uh, undisputed in the division at 54, and then Uga Spence, that was a, you know, um, unification as well. So I do have Derek James winning the, uh, the fight of the, of the year. Um, so Loki should be calling in here soon. Um, let's see. I told him around 7. I just texted him as well. Um, 
I'm getting some text messages. No, no surprise uh, with, you know, I'm either protecting Tank or I'm not reading all of Tank's uh, IG message, which was kind of long-winded. Um, but I, I have represented both sides as far as what we know there. So I don't want to go into so much stuff that I don't even, you know what I mean? That I don't even, that we don't know. Because we, we just don't know. I know a lot of people, especially if you've been through it or you, your mom has been through it or some of you know, I definitely know a variety of people that have been through the domestic stuff. And it is ugly, but we can't just 100% assume either way. You know, just off the 911 call, we can't just say, yep, he's guilty. Uh, just off her living thesis, uh, allegedly on the toothpaste and some other stuff that he, you know, uh, released. I can't be like, oh, she's just money hungry. You know, I'm not going to victim shame, but I'm also not going to just completely, you know, um, say someone's guilty and just go down that line for a, for a fact. The reason why I commented, like I said at the top of the show, the reason why I commented so deeply on the, uh, on the um, that other situation, you know, the situation where he grabbed, you know, grabbed that female by the coat and, and very hard, you know, um, is because we had it on video. So yeah, I, I could comment on that, you know. So I don't know. Anyway, um, we do have obviously more categories coming up here in just a second as far as uh the boxing year you know it was kind of a weird one it 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 started out pretty good and then this is something that we kind of talked about from like april i think it was early april i want to say it was that golovkin murata fight from from that until the end of like until somewhere in the i guess you could say the beginning of july that April, May, June was awesome. It was phenomenal. We got a lot more fights than people remember, you know. Sometimes when you have a matchup like Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez, right, and it's more one-sided in the ring, it kind of throws you off, you know. It kind of throws you off because – you, you you forget it. Not that it throws you off, but you forget. You forget stuff. I mean, just kind of, you know, I, I kind of wrote down as it went on some good fights or just fight events to kind of mark the, the time and date and all that. And I think people kind of remember how it closed. You know, from late July on, um, we had some good-ass fights in there, no doubt about it, that, that – you know, that doubleheader women's fought that got delayed to October. That was awesome. That was a great doubleheader. Um, we, we had some good-ass fights. We did. We had, I, mean, I really thought that Ruiz Ortiz was a good fight, competitive anyway. I thought it was going to be a little bit better than it was on paper. Um, same with the Frank Martin, uh, Michelle Rivera. I, I thought that was going to be a little bit better. But Ortiz-Martin uh, was a fun fight. That Pero Brunson, that was a good fight. That whole card, Demir is in, in Washington. That Fost, we already talked about that one. 
that was a good card to open up. It just sucks that, yeah, it was discounted, but it still sucks that it was on pay-per-view. Uh, Matias in Anon, what is it, Anononian? That was a damn good fight, of course, in Serrano Taylor. Conceso uh, Martinez was a pretty good matchup. Neri Castro uh, had my attention. You had the Fury White and all that. Santa Marie Abel Ramos was a pretty good fight. Um, Bam Rodriguez, you know, that Quattro's fight that he had earlier, and then obviously followed that up. Uh, Gonzalez uh, Martinez, uh, Gary Russell Jr. Post. Oh, that was a good fight. Catterall, that was a good fight. Um, yeah, I, for some reason, I, why was I thinking that was last year? I just realized that. But that's the last time he – oh, yeah, that's when he fought uh, – yeah, I was, I was off on that. Because he had – it was Ramirez. Was that two Mays ago already? And then – God, I forgot about that. I got that confused. Thanks for uh, for letting me know. Um, and then you had the Hector, you know, Hector over Colbert, Conlon Wood, Ramirez Pedraza, Charlo Castaño. Like I mentioned, Steve, uh, Stevenson Valdez, Tank Rowley was competitive, Canelo Bibbo, Lubin Fondora. Some of these fights are going to be fighting the year. Inouye Donaire 2, Spence Ugas, AJ Usak, or Usyk 2. Fulton Roman was a top five, but it sure didn't play that out. You know, it didn't play out that, that way. Zapata Alvarado in Zapata Diaz. Uh, Boatze Richards was a really good fight. We had that upset. Uh, Miguel Bergelt got upset by that uh, Nakathila. Yeah, Smith Jr., not much of a fight, but it was, you know, a good matchup. And, of course, Rung Basai, bam, took care of business there. There it is, Maxeo Vargas, um, Figueroa Castro. That was kind of whatever. Um, I already mentioned some of these. Dogbo Gonzalez, that was a decent matchup. Uh, Joyce Parker. Joyce Parker was a good fight. Um, Stevenson fought again. Estrada Gonzalez, the trilogy. We had another good fight there. We had that plant Durrell. Um, Inoue, you know, took care of business there. Um, Lopez Martin, that was a good fight. So we had, some of this is just off the top, some of it I wrote down. We had a pretty damn good year going. And then it fell on its face. And, and I think not only did it fall on its face from like late July on, where it was really hit or miss, but all of a sudden, we didn't get Spence Crawford in November, right? We, um, although I never believed it would happen this year, um, the Tyson Fury Joshua, a lot of people were down from that, you know? So, like, there was a possibility that we may get the Gervonta and Ryan Garcia fight to close up the year. We didn't know. So, I think the combination of really hit or miss down the stretch the second half of the year from a really good start to a year, um, you know, that that's that's where it got a little funky. That's where it got a little funky to me. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, it is what it is. It, it, it did fall apart, though. Now, there are some fight schedules that there, – there's some fights that are scheduled that are really interesting – but there's a lot of 
you know, Haney Lomachenko, uh, um, Plant Benavidez, Wilder Ruiz, you know, like there's a lot of fights that are actually, some of these fights are made, they're just not announced. Obviously, the biggest one, or the biggest outlet, the platform is Showtime, as far as their biggest uh, announcement for their fights. Um, They're going to announce some fights. I don't know if it's going to be next week, before the Gervonta Garcia fight. I have no clue. Um, They may... Just announce, you know, we, we, we just got an announcement on a, a good, a really good doubleheader on Showtime in February that we'll talk about during the fight news. So we kind of need some announcements just to get our spirits back up, right? I mean, it'd be nice if uh, Matchroom is supposed to have a big fight in, in March. I think it was March 25th I saw multiple people talk about. I'm pretty sure that's coming. And, and I remember Eddie Hearn saying he's going to release a schedule that's going to bring him till March or maybe even April. So if we can start to get some of these announcements out there, it would definitely help out a lot just to get the morale up, especially, like I said, when you see what is rumored to be done. Um, even a Fulton Figueroa, that fight's done. Like, there's some fights that are just done and they're waiting to get announced. Uh, and that's how Showtime does, you know, in the BBC do it. They usually do that big rollout where they'll, they'll go from January to, like, May or whatever. Um, but, it is, but I get it because boxing fans get frustrated. Some people love that they do that. Some people don't like it because they, they, they keep hearing these little scraps of information they want to know. You know, when it comes to negotiation and all that, I do wish it'd be more like before where we wouldn't know a whole lot until they've at least agreed to terms, you know, um, or just announce, hey, the fight's done. But I know for a fact that there are fights done for Showtime um, that are just, you know, not announced yet. And it's hard to keep going this long and getting leaked. Now, clearly Spence's, you know, what sounds to be like minor injuries uh, from that car accident that pushed him back to April or March or maybe June. So they probably had to finagle there. Maybe he was going to fight in February. Maybe he's going to fight Thurman in February. That was the rumor. I don't know. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, we just need an announcement to kind of be like, and then obviously we get the bad news with Charlo, you know, an undisputed fight is going to be pushed back now. So, you know, it just, it feels like one thing or another. We see these fighters and promoters going back and forth in videos and on Twitter, and it's like, just make the fights, guys. You know, once you got the fight signed and you got to figure it out, then go back and forth. You know, so. But I get it. You know what I mean? I definitely get it. Um, and as far as right now, I'm not getting the message back from Lukey. I did want to kind of wait. For him a little bit I don't know Maybe something came up um, But we'll see Either way I'm going to I'm going to keep it moving Where where was I The upsets Or no I already did the upsets So Fighter of the year Now there are You know We have the um, Jermall Charlo We have Bam Rodriguez We have Shakur Stevenson We have Devin Haney Um we have Clarissa Shields, especially fighter, you know, women's fighter of the year, whatever. Anyway, um, 
uh, Kenshiro. I think that Fundora you could even say because he had you know a breakout year like that or in the breakout you know one of the best fights of the year. Um, so there there's a lot of Natasha Jones. Uh, some people say Taylor. I didn't think Taylor necessarily won that fight, so it's tough for me to say fighter of the year. Um, but as far as fighter of the year women's, I would give it to Clarissa Shields. I get the Taylor stuff, the Katie Taylor stuff. Natasha Jones had a or jo- is it Jones or Jonas? She had a good year too. Plenty of people had a, a, a good year. Um, but Dimitri Bivol, you know, he backed it up, beating a quality fighter right after you know he, he beat Canelo Alvarez. Canelo had been on a, a hell of a run. Um, not a lot of people gave him a ton of you know, ton of, like, chance. They didn't really give him much of a chance to win that fight. Um, and Canelo was just on a run. And you could say, oh, you know, some of the fighters at that 168, it's not as good, and we still got to see him against Benavidez and stuff like that. And maybe, to, you know, David Morrell in the, in the future. Whatever, you know. But, you know, Benavidez just wouldn't have dropped, you know, had his belt dropped, it, it wouldn't, you know, he, he dropped it on the scale, and that's his own fault. So it is what it is. Um, and I don't want to go into that too much, but, um, you know, Billy Joe Saunders at 168 really didn't do anything. Uh, Callum Smith, his best win with Groves. Um, but, but that was a Groves that is coming off that injury and all that. I never really looked at it that as a great win, but. I could see why Kelly Smith was ranked so high because that's another thing. We talk about this once in a while. These rankings, you have to rank people. So was Kelly Smith going to be the eighth best super middleweight at the time? No, he wasn't. You know what I mean? He was, he was going to be higher than that. So, um, so I get it. You know, a lot of them were like Billy Joe Saunders and Caleb Plant were competitive and then they got knocked out, you know, um, Callum just got, you know, abused. You know, there wasn't much there. Uh, wasn't much in that Golovkin fight, obviously, but that was actually before. Um, so he was on a run, my point is. He was on a run, and it got to the point where, being that he's a star, you're either going to get more hate or you're going to get over-the-top love on some fanboy stuff. Like, it's funny, I've seen some recent tweets about uh, the Roy Jones thing, and I do remember two things. Usyk in Roy Jones. So Canelo can beat Roy Jones, which is asinine to die. It's fucking, come on, dude. I love Canelo too, but he ain't beat no goddamn Roy Jones. Um, the style doesn't match up there at all. Um, and he's not as good. He's not as great. I should say he's not as good. He's a great fighter. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a very popular fighter. Um, he has a resume. I mean, Canelo has a crazy resume. And that's, so that's my whole point. It's like he kind of stopped that train that had been going for quite some time. And no matter how you feel about the first Golovkin fight, you got to say that second Golovkin fight was at least close. You got you to gotta at least give some of that. Um, but it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I got to see Dimitri Bivol. I mean, that, that, to me, there's, like I said, some guys had good years. Uh, Jermel Charlo pulled off a really good 
you know, knockout in a fight that's a, a fair amount of people thought he lost that first time. But he only fought once. Um, <clears throat> Fundora was in what a lot of people think is the fight of the year. But Lubin, you know, plenty of people thought Lubin was going to win, but it's not like Lubin was uh, the third-ranked 154-pounder or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just think, and like I said, I mentioned Kinshura, right? Um, to, to Rahi or whatever, however you say his name. He should be up there for sure. Um, but overall, I would have to say um, Dimitri Bivol. I just think it's pretty clean. I don't think there's – I know a lot of people want to say the uh, Inoue, like the way he destroyed uh, Donaire the second time compared to the first fight. And that's fair. Um, I get it, you know. But I just think uh, – I would say Canelo's had a better career than Donaire, but Canelo was in his prime. Donaire's not in his prime anymore, although, you know, it wasn't like he was over the hill either because the more he's gone down in weight, the better he's become again. You know what I mean? And he had two quality wins before that, so we can't sit there. And people say in any way, you know, lost uh, something like that, it's like, eh, you know what I mean? I'm good. I, I don't know. I just I just think that he um, – I think he deserves it. And I, and I got to admit, I don't really think it's all that close. I got to admit, it's, I don't think it's that close. Um, let's see here. So, and I'm not sure. I haven't heard back from Mookie just yet. Like I said, maybe something comes up. Life can get in the way. So maybe maybe something came up. Um, but my fight of the year, and there's a fair amount of them. I mean, Serrano Taylor was great. Conlon Wood, a lot of people uh, say that. Even Ortiz Martin um, was fucking good. Um, that, uh, uh, what is it? The, not, um, the Hector Flores with uh, non- Natasha Young or whatever, how do you, that was a banger. Uh, Fondora Lubin, Carlo Castano too. Um, I mean, there's a fair amount of them. There's more than just on this list. But I, I, I for my money, Fondora and Lubin is the fight of the year. I get why some people say Serrano Taylor. Uh, Serrano was dominating that fight. Then Taylor looking like she was hurt. Well, she was hurt, came back and got back in that fight, ended up winning it. Um, The Conlon Wood, the problem with Conlon Wood to be the fight of the year personally is it was kind of like someone was winning it clean, and then Conlon got, you know, started, or Wood, Conlon started out really well, then Wood took over the fight and ended up knocking him out. And I think dramatics, that's why I have, you know, of the knockout of the year, because it is the dramatics of that, but the sustained two-way action, I wouldn't say that. I'm not saying it was like six straight rounds for Conlon and then three straight rounds. You know, I'm not saying that. But I did think Conlon was in control of that fight for a while. And then credit to Wood, you know, for pulling the upset. Where to me, Fundora, not up. Yeah. Fundora and Lubin, for me, was just more back and forth. 
You know, it's just more back and forth. Um, and they both, you know, hit the canvas. And uh, it was just more rock'em, sock'em. You know what I mean? Um, now, you could say, I mean, the Charlo Castaño and the Serrano Taylor, those are probably the, the most important fights, right? And some, some, if it's close, some people bat over, you know? Like they'll go that they'll go up a notch based off that. Like, hey, dude, that's that's got to be the fight. You know what I mean? Because it, it meant more. Puelo um, Akmadev, that was a banger. That was a fun fight to watch. A lot of punches thrown. I don't think it's the fight of the year though. Um, and if you wanna, if you guys wanna send me, you know, some in. Uh, if you, I'm seeing messages, but it's mostly. Uh, not having to do with that. Um, but there is a lot of, in Lee Wood, some people think Lee Wood should, uh, should have, you know, should be the, uh, the fighter of the year. Um, you know, uh, that's cool. There's no 100% right answer all the time. You know what I mean? Um, but to me, the Conlon thing is like, I don't know. It's he only fought once, so it's kind of like the Charlo thing. But the Charlo Castano was just as good as fight. I thought it was a little bit more two ways, but you know, I mean, Wood Wood was down in the first round, and um, I mean, I don't know, dude. I just it, like I said, there's no right one hundred percent right answer, dude. So I'm not gonna sit there and you know, get some big back and forth. I just think Fedora Lubin is just the action pack got, you know, did it for me. That's, that's kind of what did it for me. I'll, I'll just be honest. Um, so I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure if Lugie's coming on now. Um, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Um, I wanted to talk about his book. And like I said, I, I, I did some research just in general. Uh, as far as what other people thought, you know, categories and stuff like that. And I thought he did a really good job um, breaking all the different categories down. And he had some deep dives, you know, where you're like, oh, that's right. You know, that's fight. I didn't see too many people actually do round, round by round, you know, the round stuff. I had already had a couple of them, and then I saw that he had had some. So, um, so yeah, that it's, like I said, it was a very up-and-down year. Um, it is what it is, but, um, yeah, that, that's, that's basically what we're going with there. Um, did I miss anything? Someone's saying ESPN should be the network of the year. Yeah. I mean, they had a solid year and this same person said, uh, Showtime was garbage this year, but you know, (laughs) that's. Like I said, I said the first six months, I had Showtime as the best network, but it fell off. The main events fell off. So, but to say it was garbage, you know, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just, I just don't, I don't see it that way. I didn't see it that way. I didn't see uh, it being garbage. You know what I mean? No, the, that, that's why it didn't win. And that's why for me, zone won it because... Throughout the year, they were steady. I guess that was the difference. That was a big difference for me. So, um, 
But ESPN had a solid year, man. They definitely had a solid year. I'm not not saying that they had a shitty year or nothing like that. Uh, they had some good fights down the stretch. ESPN Plus really came in hand. Um, you know, I, I thought they I thought they had a good year. I do, I do. I just think the zone had a overall better year. Um, personally, so you know that's part of this stuff, man. You you know, agree to disagree. You talk it through, and you know it is what it is. You know, um, but yeah, I uh, man, stuff in these. It's like I said, it's either one side or the other. It's like the most – I've seen a couple of these folks just be the most – and then also on the flip side, the most – so they're protecting basically Gervonta. But in the same breath, it's like the opposite where they're, you know, just going in when we don't, we don't know for a fact. We can't just take one side of the story and be like, yep, that's the fact because we all know because we were there. You know, wonder if there's cameras in the house. Wonder if uh, that guy I was telling you about, you know, the the nutritionist. Wonder wonder if he was there. The way he tweeted it, it sounded like he was there. Now I I don't know. I mean, he said I was there. Does that mean is he saying it like, well, I was like I said before? Was it was it you know? I don't know. I mean, was it was it was the were on a, was he on Facetime? Is that what he's saying? So I saw it, you know. Otherwise, he, he's making it sound like he was there, you know. So I don't, I don't know that to be a fact, though. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and go deep dive into this stuff because we don't know. And I've seen time and time again both sides of this, you know. And you're not going to get me to victim shame either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does it sound like she did some shaky shit? Sure, yeah, it does. It totally does. But I don't know if that means she's faking this. No clue. None of us do. That's the thing. You just kind of assume. You just kind of assume. But, yeah, back to that. Now the person's followed up saying, you know, Showtime had a horrible year, and he's, you know, bringing out fights and all that. Okay, man, that's cool. Like, that's cool. If that's what you think, that's cool. That, you know, Roman and Fulton was a one-sided fight. But on paper, it wasn't, though. You know, Meg Sayo and Ray Vargas, that was a good fight. Ray Vargas just happened to really – you know, beat him. Spence Ugas was a good fight. Just happened to be one-sided. You know, so, but that's cool. Like I said, I'm not. Um, well, we, we had the Stanonius and Butiev. That's right. But I think that was on the same card, wasn't it? Either way, um, it's this person's kind of acting as if I had Showtime winning the, the network of the year. <laughs> and, uh, that just wasn't the case. Um, they, they came in late or something. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's what happens in your fair. You know what I mean? You're gonna you're gonna piss off both sides, which there shouldn't even be both sides. But anyway, there was this is a clip rolled uh, a, a few days back. Stephen Fulton and uh, Niola Inoue. The WB opens a window. So. We gave you some Inuit quotes last week, right? He basically was saying, you know, I'm interested in 122, those fights. I'm also interested in maybe I'm not done with 118 for a fact. You know what I mean? So it was kind of on some both back and forth on that. You know what I mean? Um, so, I, 
so so basically the WBO, like you know, when you're a champion, and now he's a, a four belt champion, you know, at 118. Um, a lot of times, like it says, the WBO has opened the window for what could be one of the best fights in boxing. That's what the article says. Now, how long the window remains open, and whether Inouye full step through it remains to be seen. Now, a lot of people just go right to, you know, so make the fight now, right? And this means he can go up and get a shot at a belt. We see that all the time. When people go up, they're, they're first ranked. They can go right in there, you know what I mean? Now, MJ, Akmaldia Delev, what is it, Akmaldia Delev? Uh, he, um, he's been, it's been kind of all over the place with him. It's been a little all over the place with him. He's been, a, um, he's been, he was hurt, you know, then you see some, some pictures and you thought, man, that looks like he's way out of shape, you know what I mean? So, the point is, They've opened this up to say, hey, we'd be willing to get this fight on. Um, so it's interesting. You know, it, it's actually really cool. Um, what people don't realize, because Showtime hasn't announced their schedule, is, well, in MJ, they both have fights scheduled. Or I shouldn't say scheduled announced, but they both have fights. So, you know... We can't just all of a sudden go right to one side's ducking like a lot of people like to do all the time, you know. Um, and now people are saying, oh, wait a second. Um, remember, Fulton and Figueroa was a competitive, tight-ass fight. Anybody that saw that as a 10-2 or something like that, I don't, I don't know what you're watching. Now, did I think Fulton won? Yeah, I did. I thought he cleanly won, but you can still have a – seven to five fight or six five one for that matter and still win the fight and say yeah i'm confident he won the fight but i thought it would be a good rematch and you know we heard figueroa was going to 126 title i don't know i think that's what it is now that i remember the wbc and if fulton and figueroa fight at 126 that's a good ass fight and that's what sounds like is a done deal already it's just not announced right I hope they put that fight up in the armor, to be honest with you. But Fulton got a nice little reception there. But anyway, beyond my personal greed, um, I, you know, it, he didn't say, Fulton never said that he's done with 118 now, or 122 now. He didn't say anything about 120. He didn't say I'm done with 122. It's just MJ wasn't ready to fight him. And like I said, Sometimes someone uh, a video or an image online and it makes someone look a little out of shape. That was one of those pictures. It did kind of look like that. We heard injury. We heard he needs some time to get in shape. He already has a fight. Yada, yada, yada. It, it is what it is. I'm not saying he's ducking him. I'm just saying this is what, you know, transpired. So he said, let me go get this fight that a lot of people thought was close. And then... You know, I'll uh, I'll do my thing, and, and then come back and fight him. So people are, and I really think this is just a social media age where they're just trying 
trying to get likes and retweets and you know clickbait and all that to be like, oh, if he doesn't fight him, it's a dump. Well, he already has a fucking fight, dude. You know, both him and MJ have fight. So now, and, and like I said, Inouye hasn't taken a different fight at 122. And like I said, I read those quotes last week. He he didn't say he's for sure going to 122. He said he's open for it, but there could be a fight at 118 still. He said he's he's flexible, you know. So let's let's be happy that maybe the sanctioning belts can make a fight happen based off their rankings, because you know, like I said plenty of times before, a lot of people praise the IBF, but then when you look at some of the IBF rankings, boots Dennis that ranking. So you, they go by the rules. They try to push the, the mandatories and that's cool. Now, a lot of it is because the, you know, the FBI raided their offices, but that's cool that they do that, but it's also the rankings. So, so you want them to follow the rules. Sometimes other times you don't want them to follow the rules, but when push comes to shove, the one forty seven ranking is bullshit. It, it does suck that Boots has to fight that guy. But that was what was next in the goddamn shitty-ass ranking, you know? So don't go out of your way bending over backwards for the IBF only to have a shit ranking system. And I'm not just picking on the IBF. That was an example because that's where Boots is lined up. So that's where they got that, um, you know, that guy that not a lot of people know of that he's fighting. That that was the next guy down the ranking. So, um I'm just happy that there's potential of this fight happening. That, that's that's my biggest thing, to be honest with you. Um, actually, I see Lukey on now. Let's bring in Lukey Boxing here, bring him into the fold. What's going on, man? How you doing? It's the Lukey man. The Lukey Hello? man. What's going down, man? Some of my favorite times in life have been talking. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Hello? Okay. Yep, I can hear I was you. Say, some of my favorite times in life have been talking to Chris on a rainy evening, and it's a rainy evening, so hopefully it's there a good There we go. One. What do you know? Raining in California. Um, yeah. So, how goes it, my friend? How, how's, the, how's the festivities here in the next, or the last few days and the, the coming New Year's and all that? You've been just kind of lounging. You've been busy. What you been up to? I mean, I don't think anyone's super interested in that. But I mean, I got over a little bit of a of a thing that got, had me sidelined, and um, you know, I'm gonna make some pizza for New Year's, and you know, life's good. Are you and gonna do it on your uh, your grill? Uh, Don't you get that well, outdoor grill? If I remember correctly, I do. I have a lot of, I have a lot of, a lot of cooking stuff. Um, we recently signed a brand deal with ITR with OnlyFans, which is kind of funny to say, but one of the exclusive, yeah. our OnlyFans is actually free, so no one has to pay for it. You just have to get an OnlyFans membership. But I'm actually going to do a cooking show like every two weeks where I cook something up. So, you guys oh. can watch me make a pizza. So, I'm going to make a – I actually – my girlfriend made the dough, so we're going to make the dough on a different day for the YouTube. But I'm going to show you how to make a kind of like a thin crust, maybe Connecticut-style pizza. 
So we're going to make like four or five of those for New Year's. All from scratch. So nice. dough, sauce. So that's like what I'm super excited about. Going to Napa on a vacation. Going to play golf. Yeah, looks good. How about you, Chris? That's pretty privileged. So, I mean, how's your stuff going? It's going good, man. I have gotten a little bit of uh, downtime, uh, you know, with with the family a little bit. A um, couple couple days back, obviously, and, and uh, got out of town a little bit. It's kind of funny to see, like, well, not funny, I shouldn't say that, but it was kind of strange to see places below us on the map up in Minnesota that was actually at times colder than here. It was like, whoa, what the hell's going on? The further <laughs> south, the scary it is, obviously. But um, funny enough, like when you go a little more north here towards the Canadian border, it wasn't as crazy for some reason, like the wind and all that. So I actually did get – I was wondering if uh, – because the south of Minneapolis, probably 40 minutes out, 50 minutes out, the – the highways had to close because it was a whiteout. You couldn't really see past your, uh, you know, the front of your car and shit. It was pretty nasty all through Iowa and shit like that. So, you know, definitely thinking about the people in Buffalo with the snow in the cold and all those deaths and everything. That was pretty crazy. But it was windy once you get into the open farm stuff. Uh, but it, it, it was an okay drive. But I definitely got some downtime and, uh, you know, kind of just getting back. Uh, to the grind and, and, and that type of thing. But I, I've been doing pretty good, man. I've been doing pretty good. I, love, um, I gotta say I love your show. Like, I always try to listen whenever your show is on. You're someone that I consider, like, a like a really enjoyable boxing person to tune into the show. I've listened for probably about 10 to 12 years. Just a good dude. You, I actually wanted to say a story because you reminded me of something when you said your family. I once had okay. a coworker, and I, I don't think I've – and you're like, what the hell are you doing with you? Well, when you invite me on your show, <clears throat> it's kind of like this is what you get. And so like this oh, guy okay. once okay. told me – I'm hijacking it, bro. I'm hijacking. So um, <laughs> it, like he – have you ever worked – maybe you haven't ever been. Hopefully no one on this call has ever worked in. Have you ever worked in like an office building that's like 50 floors up? <clears throat> and it's like basically nobody but your cubicles know each other. It's just like a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been in that experience? I haven't. I haven't 50 stories up, but I, I've had a little cubicle time, but not much. Okay. Well, if you could imagine that, imagine that type of scenario. Yeah. And my friend is like a really hard worker, so they would actually imagine – I don't know, let's just put a number of like 50,000 people working in an office. That's probably too big, but let's say a number like that. They would actually close down the building to the point where security would come. So they'd work all the way until basically everyone was gone, and they actually would have to typically call security because there was like a protocol just to be safe, call security. Well, they were kind of like me where they'd just get tired of doing it. So they got in an elevator once. And there was a guy in there, and it kind of scared him, not like, oh, God. Like, they were kind of like, what the hell? Like, I'm normally closing. And the reason right. I bring this up was the guy, like, he, it was around this time. So it was around Christmas, and he's like, oh, what are you going to do? Like, And he goes, like, there was a guy, and I'll never forget this. He goes, he said something about family, right? And the guy looked at him and goes, I wish I had a family. And he, he was kind of like, whatever. And he got off. 
and it was one of those things where you get off and then you exit and you go into the parking garage. And this guy kept going in the elevator. And he left. And the point is, because I like some scary stories. I've had scary things happen. And he told me this once when we were hanging out playing golf. And he gets in his car, he drives, and he turns the corner in the parking garage. And who do you think he sees? The guy he just seen in the elevator. And for the rest of his days, he goes, I just could never figure out who that guy was. Because he's like, I had <laughs> never seen that guy before. There's like no fathomable way he could have be in front of me because I got out and he was like the king of efficiency. He would, he's like, it just made no sense, but there was nothing spooky about it, but it just made no sense. But when you said time with the family, that just took me back to that story because whenever I hear someone say like time with their family and I'll be like, man, I wish I had a family. And I think of that story of that guy saying it in an elevator and he'd always tell me, he'd be like, it was just the weirdest response. You know how like a really, really scary person in life, there's like a way that they say a threat where they're almost annoyed and frustrated yeah. because it's like, it's so mm -hmm. easy for them to be violent. There's no emotion to it. Right. The way I picture it is like, this guy was like, whatever he was talking about it's like he was annoyed and frustrated as opposed to trying to announce his presence and it really startled and shook up my friend so there you go that's the lukey hijack <laughs> so that's an interesting story yeah i uh my my pops actually lives in florida he he's retired now so he, he comes up in the summers but he lives in Florida, and my mom actually lives in Sweet once a year for like a month because she's retired now too. So I don't really have a lot of family here as far as mom and dad, but I do luckily, very luckily, that my sister and her husband had a bunch of kids. So I got a bunch of nieces and nephews. So that actually really comes well, in you clutch because you're right family. around the holiday. That's true too. That is true, too. I've definitely gotten some I mean, uh, kind messages and sent some messages out, too. Well, I, I dropped the ball on that one, Chris, but it's like I view you as someone that, like, I mean, I, I there's a part of me that wants to go to Minnesota in the summer. I don't really need to experience it in the winter. Like, I I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's cold. Yeah, I understand. But it's like I, I would, I'd like to meet you, you know, and I you've meant a lot to my life, and I enjoy your show, and you're a good dude, and – I think that that's the big thing about boxing, right, is what's cool about the Internet is when we were in our teens and 20s and if we like boxing or rap or whatever we loved, it was like we're on message boards. And now instead of being on a message board, you go on Twitter and people from being right. on Twitter, you're almost empowered to create platforms. And then people can support these personalities and people that we like. Now, the problem with that is you can get personalities that aren't helpful for society right because they're charismatic right yep so but mm -hmm. i mean i think that's pretty cool to also remember that there's a lot of people out there that care about you chris and that support what you do yeah no you're right because sometimes you can get a little jaded by the business in general some people that you meet uh former co-hosts of mine that you know, we're not on the same page anymore. Let's put it that way. Just a bunch of random stuff that people behind the scenes that just be like, wow, really, dude? But you also meet 
a lot of quality people that you got to kind of remember that. And what you got into the sport in originally for it, like you said, a lot of it was even like the YouTube channels used to be a lot more preview, prediction, some fight news. But a lot of it was debate. Now, it was fun debate, and we'd send little shots at each other as jokes. But it wasn't so, no matter what it is, I'm on this side, and no matter what it is, I'm on that, you know, that type of stuff that we started to see with the Pacquiao Mayweather and the HBO Showtime and the PBC bubble blah. And so sometimes you can lose sight of that where you're like, you know what, I should just appreciate the good stuff I'm coming out. Because to be honest with you, it's a shaky business already, so why – why wouldn't it be shaky behind the scenes? You know what I mean? So that totally lines up. Um, and you're right. You've got you to gotta kind of think about the, the positivities as well. Um, and, you know, when I was kind of going through making a list, I kind of jotted a bunch of stuff down or some notes that I, I, I jotted down on a piece of paper as far as quality fights or events, whether they, you know, kind of like Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez. Now, in the ring, it was very one-sided, but still it was a quality matchup. So I kind of write through the year. I kind of do that for every month. And then I started kind of transferring them over on paper. Okay, knockout of the year, prospect of the year, blah, 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 fight of the year, fight of the year, all that. And then, so once I get a, a decent list, then I'm like, all right, let's see what else is out there. Let, let me get some other opinions. And I thought um, the stuff you did on Inside the Ropes there – the variety of on your newsletter well and i do want people to sign up for that newsletter we'll get into that stuff as well um well, and we're going to talk about your book you too on the back out, of this stuff. Oh, oh yeah shit. we're doing yeah, a so whole started, and i like how you did... what's that no i was just laughing and i probably made a weird noise and then i jumped on my bed and okay just Sorry. messed up your whole head and ebb and flow <laughs> that's all right but uh, but I um I liked how you had like that you can literally go to big big dog Lukey's boxing column and it's club fighter of the year manager of the year like I like I really liked how you broke down all the categories and you did some deep dives you know I was the only person that saw a round of the year I had a couple round of the years and I noticed you had a round of the year so I was like man he's actually this one's really deep. And I, and I just like what you did there on, on your newsletter thing. So I, I, I wanted to uh, kind of talk to you about, um, you know, th- those items, obviously. But also, um, wh- wh- what would you what, – what's your process like of doing individual articles? Because I thought that was a good idea. And like I said, I, I really enjoyed it. That's the uh, substack.com, by the way, lukeyboxingsubstack.com. Uh, I like how you literally went to club boxing show fighter of the year, fight of the year and stuff like that. That's, that's I think cool. that it matters just, because it it's helps like, our hardcore stuff, you know? When it's like, okay, so how many club fighters are probably going to end up having to like lose to a really hall of fame fighter? Like nine out of 10, right? But like that still doesn't degrade yeah, the fact that they've, they've been fantastic club fighters. Like a guy like John Molina jr. Is like a, Hall of Fame level club fighter who made it to the big show, you know, but he was never, he was an overachiever. And I think that like a lot of these fighters, like Katsuma Ikitsugua, who I still don't understand why he's not signed, he's a fantastic fighter. How, how many people 
or how easy is it for him to just leave the sport of boxing? Because he's probably not making enough to make a living per se. He's probably having to do other things. So I think the motivations with some of these things are like with a Joe Joyce, hey, someone's watching. Let's give out contender of the year. Like somebody's watching, bro. Just like know that somebody's out there watching. I I got some criticism from some guy, I don't know, um, where he's like, why do you do prospect of the year under 10 fights? For me, that's a no-brainer. There's a progression. I think that fighter of the year is like becoming a quarterback in the old NFL. So the first Mm -hmm. year, like to be the perfect fighter would be prospect of the year under 10 fights, which you and me both Mm -hmm. know, unless you're some elite amateur guy, you're not going right. to be fighting the best of the best, but if you can differentiate yourself amongst your peers, that's a big statement because that may, that means that you, you're you different. If you're a prospect of the year, which I, I feel like was Rabisi Ramirez this year, it's like you're mm-hmm, basically there. I mean, look, there's there's good one. Like for me, it's like under 10 fights, there's Keyshawn Davis. But if you're going to compare Keyshawn Davis to Rabisi Ramirez, Rabisi fought two really tough fighters one of which Abraham Nova was undefeated. Yeah. To me, strength of competition is always going to trump maybe the abilities some people see. So I'm always going to go with who did you fight. And then I like the idea of contender of the year, which is like the next award after prospect of the year. So it's like you win prospect right. of the year. Now you spend a whole year as everyone goes like, this guy's the man. This guy's the man. Let's, let's mm-hmm. see him. How do you handle being the man? And that's when you're the contender. And then if you're a good contender, then you – so I guess for me, I look at it as – maybe – I'm giving you a long-winded answer, but I'm trying to be sincere. Is that no, this you is and actually me both what watch I'm looking for sports. because that's a big thing. You know, I don't like when a prospect goes to, of the year goes to somebody that hasn't fought anybody yet. And they shouldn't be fighting someone at that point, but that's why I like how you detailed – Okay, these are 10 fights. This is that. I like how you broke that up because I think it's needed is my point, you know? And that's why I like that yeah, you gave no, a long-winded answer. Well, and what I, what I was going to say, well, I'll continue with is, like, I'm watching a football game right now, right? And in football, like, when we assess the talent, right, they come out of the draft, right? And then we go, okay, is he ready to play? Then we might make an initial assessment. Then – maybe five, six years down the road, we go, oh, well, he wasn't good out of college, but then he found like a scheme and he fit into this offense or defense. And now he can be a serviceable. So I think that the problem with boxing is the standard that we hold every fighter to, there's only three or four fighters that can be that type of fighter. And we've sold a lie to all these young fighters that they have to be Floyd Mayweather or Manny Pacquiao or this or that. Right. And what do fighters do if they're not sure they're that fighter? Well, then they either don't fight or they take the path of least resistance. And I think that we need to get back to kind of setting more realistic expectations so we can get better fights. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I just thought that I remember Dan used to do a a, a pretty detailed list all the way down the round of the year. And I think I haven't checked his out of late because it took him a while, but we just don't see as many. I'll think, what was your round of the year? Fights even. My round was that, uh, my round of the year, where was it? It was 
it was that Victor Foss uh, Kalazi fight. Or the round five, the round one, or round five, Taylor Serrano was another big one for me. Yep, that's a I good one. I also noticed uh, De Los Santos, round two, I think that was on your list as well. Yeah, that was, a that was uh, two. It's just for, like, for me, like, there's two things that make or break one. If I had no expectation for a fight, and then I jump out of my seat, like, the, the way that typically I vote for round of the year and it's not always this, but like nine times out of 10, like last year I gave it to Teofimo Cambosis round one is I'm half-heartedly watching something and then something happens and I go, Oh my God, that was unexpected. And then now I'm hooked. And that's nine times out of 10. That's round of the year for me. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. That's usually what it is, too. It's not always – a lot of times it's not in the high-profile fight. Most of the times it's not, really. Um, yeah. That, well, let's good, get deeper, Chris. Like, here's the thing. Like, the best fighters of our era typically aren't in fight of the year. Like, how many times has Floyd Mayweather nominated for fight of the year? How many times has Manny Pacquiao nominated for fight of the year? I'm not sure if they ever were. You know, because they're typically so dominant, their fights aren't considered the most mm-hmm. exciting fights of the year. It's typically the fighters that That's are very flawed. The, the flawed fighters that have typically like a lot of power and not a lot of defense, those tend to be the guys that give us the great fights. Yeah, it's so true. It's so, so true. Sometimes, uh, even with the Mayweather Pacquiao's, we're like, some of those matchups, like you said, were just you, you already knew who you just wanted to see how like how it was going to happen, but you you know they're going to win, you know clearly. But it was just about well, I want to see how it happens, or I want to see if you know this leads to that or whatever. But yeah, you're right. Typically, that that is the case, and that's kind of how you know a fighter or fighters, if it's that close of a fight, usually it is, can kind of you know get their name. I remember uh, Provoknikov, you know, and Bradley, like. We saw him on ESPN and Showbox and all this stuff, and he was typically in fun fights or sloppy fights, whatever, and all of a sudden he was in that Bradley fight, and everybody loved him. He was all of a sudden like the hardcore boxing Twitter's guy, you know, and it's funny how people can kind of just make a name off that uh, just in general. Um, who Who was your fight of the year and your fighter of the year, by the way? Uh Fight of the year was Amanda Serrano versus Katie Taylor. I don't care that it's a women's bout or a men's bout. It's just the best fight of the year. Like, to me, that was the fight that it was, was a hell had of the most fight, dynamic. Man. It had a lot atmosphere. of build and it lived up to it, too. And it was, I just feel like, for in terms of an event, to the fight, to me watching the ring walks, everything about it was the most exciting fight of the year. Um, because, like, Lubin Fandora was was exciting, but there was definitely a point where you were like, uh, like, Lubin's definitely taken some, like, there was a, there was kind of a decline in that fight where you saw the damage that was done, and it's like, for that to be, like, fight of the year for me, Lubin would have had to drop him in one of the later rounds, and you're like, okay, now we got ourselves something. Um 
And then who? What was the other one? Fighter, fighter of the year. Well, the Conlon Wood kind of played out two separate one-sided fights. The Conlon Wood, you know, that, that's sure. why I didn't yeah. do it because it was like because it was like Conlon was winning cleanly. I just think that dramatics. I thought that was like the knockout of the year because of the dramatics of that. But yeah, fighter. Sure. Of the year. Who did you have for a fighter of the year? I mean, for me, I, I agree with you on that. And for knockout of the year, I think Lee Wood won, ran away with it because it's like he knocked a guy out of the ring in the 12th round in a fight he's losing. It's right. like, to me, that's more impressive yeah, that's... than uh, Caleb Plant knocking out Darrell. You know? Right. But, or Crawford's. Um, I mean, there was plenty of nice knockouts, uh, you know, but you're right. That's 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 why I think. Who, what about your fighter like, of the year? Who do you always... have for your fighter of the year? Like, Dimitri Bivol, I think that's just, like, for me, yeah. it's pretty easy because it's like he beat Canelo and people really disrespected him. And then he beat Zordo, who now people will not give Zordo credit, but that's an undefeated guy with a lot of fights and basically yeah, made him look a like a novice. Opponent. Exactly. I mean, top That was a great follow-up like, to beat top opponents, you know, he fought two top opponents. Yeah. And if we're looking like Jesse Rodriguez, no discredit to him. He had a fantastic year, but he's also fighting older men as a younger guy, you know, and it's like, those are good wins, but do we know if those guys are in the top of the division anymore that he beat? Right. Right. And time will tell. And it's like the other contenders, Jermel Charlo. I'm a huge Charlo fan, but I don't like giving a guy fight. It was just year. one he fight once. Yeah. Same with like uh, Wood. Taylor, like, you know, same with Lee Wood. Yeah, it's like, Wood. well, that was a good, but he only fought once. So I can't really give you it if you only fought once. I mean, I almost, I throw Lee Wood out of fighter, fighter of the Year because I was so disappointed. Because I feel like Lee Wood is the guy that Matchroom should really be all in on. He's kind of like their organic kind of star that's built himself up. Yeah, you're right. And they're not really invested in him. Like, it's like, here's this guy that basically has two upset wins and probably going to have a third upset win if he fights Lara or whoever he fights, Warrington. And he's kind of an afterthought as of now on the schedule. So, I mean, yeah, no I don't know. It's, it's been just, a real funky, it's been a funky, you know, after. Uh, part for him. It's just like he was going to fight, he had a fight, then he got hurt, but then he's okay, but then he's hurt, but then he can't. I'm, I am glad that they got that scenario figured out, but yeah, you're right, that is kind of funky. Um, real quick. And then there's like close. this about this, Chris. Like, these sanctioned bodies pick and choose with people pulling out of fights with injuries. So it's like Dillian White pulls out of a fight with Otto Valine. Do we even yep. know why he pulled out? Probably not. Then it's like Lee Wood pull or Joe Cordina pulls out of a fight, and then they strip him like immediately. Right. And it's like, oh, because he didn't show medical proof within a certain time frame. It's like, what are we even doing? Like, is there? I think that's the big issue with boxing right now is it's so apparent the lack of consistency based upon the amount of money a fighter makes. We're even seeing that leading into like this coming pay-per-view. It's like, there's definitely like, because a fighter makes more money, certain people are acting different than 
if the fighter didn't make more money. And we see that with the Dillian Whites and the Joshuas and all these fighters. It's like even Canelo, right? If you bring up that he failed a drug oh, yeah. test, you're a scumbag. It's not him. Right, right? yeah, and yeah. it's like yeah, that's right. the issue. Yeah. You know, and it's like part of a journalist's job is to ask questions. And it's like we live in a world where it's like, like Gervonta, not to make this about Gervonta, but he he leads, he gives out whatever his statement is. And it's, he writes, and when I see these outlets, it's on site. Like you're basically threatening media members over something that's going on in your life as a public figure. It's not a good precedent to set, you know? Like, no. Just an ugly undertone, right? Yeah, and then when you do have people that have access, they don't do the follow-up. They don't actually – they'll ask them about, so what do you think about this fight, a fight that's not done yet? Let's talk about they that. They run media, your right? fight, your camp, your – you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it gets it, – man, the last few years especially, but I'd say the last five, seven years at certain press conferences, you're just like – or just pressers in general, you're just like, dude, half the questions are just garbage questions. So that's just being honest. And people won't, they'll follow up for certain, uh, you know, against certain platforms, but won't follow up the other way. And the people behind those platforms, same difference, you know, what you're saying. It, it just, it just gets well, like, political there's party, not Chris. much really getting, yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. It's, a, it's like, and the problem it's is, like, like, I don't even go to press conferences Why don't you just straight anymore. up look at it? Yeah, it's, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just dumped down. It's really dumped down now. Um, well, and the other thing is, about, like, I'll ask a question because I'm bored, right? So I'll ask a question to a Gervonta, and then I'll have hypothetically someone come up to me and be like, well, why did you ask that? Or he can't talk to him. And it's probably the question everyone everyone wants to hear right like i remember years ago charlo knocked out julian j rock and i asked the question about demetrius andre being in the audience everyone loved to make the video about everything but they loved to cut me out of it because i asked the question i didn't care what he had to say it was going to be the most boring press conference ever but that was something that i was curious about getting answered but i remember a bunch of people being frustrated with me oh my god why'd you do that and i said the simple answer I'm bored, and I want to ask questions that I'm actually interested about. And I feel like press conferences have now become, how do you walk on eggshells for the promoter to get a pass to make really – to have all the same footage everyone else has? Yeah, that's, that's what it's turned into. And people, like I said, they feel openly okay to, to you know, tweet out something that you're like, wow, we don't know that for a fact. But then when we have something we know for a fact, they won't do they'll, – they'll maybe lightly brush upon if you even can – you're allowed to ask the question. But the ones that are asked the questions, they won't follow up properly, but then they'll follow up to some other fighters. It just, it just gets silly. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, we do have somebody else coming on, Carcino. A couple other folks are in line here. Let's talk about your book real quick. Talk about your book. I yeah. actually I did purchase the book, Lukey. I just I got a lot of books because I'm doing some research for a future uh, podcast. So I'll, I'll fully admit I haven't read it yet, but I did support the cause. Let's talk about it. I, that means more than anything. I don't care if you read it, but I appreciate the purchase. I appreciate the support. Got number two oh, coming yeah. soon. So 
But yeah, in I got a nutshell, book. talk about it. You got a book. It's about boxing. I mean, I've got. Oh. I mean, uh, I mean, the first one or the second one? Well, I've only had the first one. I haven't looked. At, I haven't gotten the. I second mean, the second one's yet. not out yet. The second oh. one's going to be all my stories in boxing. Like, um, okay. I can share one with you at the end, but um, basically, inside the ropes of boxing is. A lot of these kids coming out of the amateurs or people like this is like a handbook for people that want to get involved in the sport of boxing about um, maybe how to maneuver, in my opinion, the best way. My favorite book is Niccolo Machiavelli's The Prince. So I think in very much it, it pays homage to The Prince where it's like it might not tell you what to do, but it tells you possibly how to think to be successful. So I'd say it's sure. like Niccolo Machiavelli's The Prince in terms of boxing. Um, it's just I, I view it as like a user manual. Yeah, so that's cool, man. The second book, Outside of the Ropes of Boxing, that's going to be more of my stories, you know? Um, yeah. Like one of the good ones that is probably most memorable is like when I almost got murdered going to film Edgar Berlanga. So that's like a that's probably going to be in there. I can share that story if you want me to share that. But yeah, I mean, like almost getting murdered, filming him. Um, that's going to be one. There's a truck stop story in there. Um, just stories, you know. I've been on the road for about ten to twelve years, in probably the smallest market towns, going to club shows with fighters that most people don't care about. So just kind of. Re- some of those stories so if something happens to me uh, people can remember I existed that's a great idea for a book too and I knew you were traveling I didn't know it was that I didn't know it was that long in that many places either that's interesting yeah I mean uh, I mean and the good thing is with this new OnlyFans deal um, hopefully they say you know um which I believe they will. I believe they're they're worth. They're going to allow me to travel to do documentaries, so I'll be able to have yeah. some really great stories. I'm going to get to go to potentially Houston, Vegas, Toledo, Ohio, um, uh, D.C., Oxon Hill, Maryland. So I mean, just more stories, dope. you know. Yeah, I mean that's that's really the plan dope. for this year. So if people think I sound like a good guy. The OnlyFans.com, ITRBoxing.com. We're going to have at least one video a week archival, and I'm going to have two documentaries at the minimum a month that are going to be exclusive in full form on ITR's OnlyFans. So if you like my video work, like 15, 20-minute videos, the first one we're shooting January 2nd is on Brooke Mayo, and she's a... MMA fighter, which might appall some people, but she's also a single mother who's balancing being a mother and a fighter. She's 0-2, but she was signed with Bellator, which is a big promoter. Two controversial losses, and she has a really interesting story. So I think that that's going to be a really interesting story on a public platform. So that's the start, and then... We'll see what else. I might film this kid named Jet Blackwell and friend Fresno, um, Daisy Bamberger. There's a there's a bunch, you know. 
There's a bunch. Jamal Harvey, obviously, I want to film this year. Charles Conwell. And really, like, if you just texted me and was like, hey, you should film this guy, you know, I'm more than willing, you know. It just comes down to the economics, you know, because – Right, of course. I I love where I'm from, but I also want to – I know I'm good at what I do, so I'd like to travel as much as possible and tell the best stories possible. So – yeah, that's yeah. dope, man. That's a great idea. Well, good luck with that, and so be out on the look of that, everybody, for sure, man. I appreciate you I mean, uh, stopping by, yeah. Loki. Yeah, and have a good rest of your show. I appreciate you having me on, Chris. Yes, sir. You take it easy, man. Have a good one. Happy New Year. All righty. So we are going to bring Carcino into the fold. See how he's doing on this holiday. Hold on. What the heck's going on? There we go. Carcino, man, what's going on, man? How the oh, hell are much, you, buddy? Man. <laughs> uh, very How's interesting. How's the festivities I gotta, I, going? It's going pretty good, man. I got a, a whole house full right now. Little kids, big kids, adults. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Got injured today playing basketball with him, so I'm I'm, I'm totally retired now. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta hang them up, you know. Oh yeah, this is the this is the hang up game. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Sometimes you just you'll do something like something you haven't done in a long, long time. You're just like, you're just stiff the next day. It's like, wow, I can't believe oh. that I'm that stiff. I think I'm in decent shape, and then I go ahead and do this. What the hell's going on? So how was yeah, the holidays? I mean, how was Christmas and whatnot? Oh, yeah, Everything Christmas was good? great. Family? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, everybody's got their gift except for my mom. So she, I think some somehow, I don't know how I ordered this thing, but it's, coming through like the Ukraine. Huh. Interesting. Man, this has been a, a weird year for boxing for me. Because <laughs> it's like some of all of the smaller fights were the big fights. Like the one of the best fights that you've seen this year is that uh, that the, the Elgato fight, that was amazing. Like, a lot of people forgot about that fight. It was on, like, ESPN. I remember watching that this year on Top Rank, that uh, the Gatto fight. I uh, forgot that guy's name, yeah. Aguilar. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was outstanding. I was like, that fight, they were just going at it. And I remember, like, who we were talking about is like, did you catch this fight, this Aguilar and Delgado fight? They were just swinging. It was power shot after power shot. It was crazy when this fight went down. So I was like, that's going to probably be my fight of the year because <laughs> if I had to make it, even though this fight is is not too known, like really popular fighters, that, that fight there was definitely because it was power shot after power shot. I, and I was like, yeah. you don't see that. And too many of today's fights where it's just all power shots. I said, what? I'm like, is anybody going to throw a jab? Everything is power, power, power. It was <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, Did you're you right. Not? You know, just documenting it, 
Um, but kind of like we had like like a really good run from like it started out pretty good the year, and then from like April to somewhere early July, and like April, May, June, in the early July was like, yes, dude, we are we are cooking. And then once the summer hit, you know, mid, you know, late, late July into the fall, whether fights got canceled, whether uh, they didn't get made, whether this, whether that, it just, it just kind of fell flat on its face. And, and we've had such really good, um, like closes to years. So I think we've been spoiled like the last four to five years. So we're like, wait a second, isn't this supposed to be the, a crazy way to go out? I mean, we had some good matchups and all that, but like, it just, it did fall flat on its face and so much, uh, you know, boxing Twitter talk, whether it's managers or fighters or, you know, just all sorts of stuff, kind of, you know, a lot of disappointment. Yeah, it, it seemed to be like all that. on the, like, like a casual at, that ran into me and told me something interesting. They was like, I thought they fought already. I thought I could thought I read on the internet right, yeah. that the fight that took place. I was like, no, they was just talking about fighting. And it, yeah, yeah. And it just goes to it show was you this is on Twitter. Right, and and that was the thing. It was so much talk about the online thing that they thought the casual thought the fight that took place. And he's like, man, who won? I like, they didn't yeah, I missed fight. it. What happened? <laughs> Yeah, I completely missed it. He's like, it I was that uh, was fighting. that Nanshinga Hector Flores fight was a bomb fight. Uh, Puelu Akhmadov that was on an undercard fight. Like those, you're right. Those were kind of the ones that there were ones that just kind of stood out. Even like a Shakur Stevenson Oscar Valdez. That's a that's a good matchup. It just turned out yeah. more one sided. Even the one we got a couple weeks ago. Uh, Martin and Rivera, two undefeated guys, but Martin just completely basically washed them. You know, like, yeah, you're right. The ones that a lot of people were excited about, it just, you know, even uh, Canelo Golovkin 3 was one-sided. You know what I mean? So you're right. It, oh, yeah. They kind of fall out. Who who do you think won the, the, the fight of the year? Oh, you, you just actually said your fight of the year. What about fighter yeah. of the year? Do, do you think fighter a lot of, of people the year. Yeah, I mean, you oh, have the Bimble. Man. A lot of people uh, said Bimble or Inouye or, or uh, Charlo or Haney or Bam Rodriguez or that Kinshura. That Kinshura well, I wouldn't give it to Charlo because he really, I mean, he did a good performance. I mean, it's just, it's like when you're fighting once a year, you know, it's kind of hard. I, I, I got to give uh, credit to Clarissa Shields for her fight that, that was a candidate, yep. top candidate for fight of the year. And also the undercard, the bump guard. The undercard was closer. Well. Yeah. That was yeah. more competitive. That was really competitive. Yeah. yeah. So I I saw that one as a more of a closer fight. And then uh, a lot of people forget this heavyweight slobber knocker fight. Um, who was that? Uh, guy from New Zealand. What was his name? Parker? Yeah. You remember Parker him? And Joe Joyce. Yeah, yeah, that was a good yeah, fight. That, that was, was fight. a slobber knocker. And you had a knockout too, you know. Yeah, it, it finished in knockout. Yeah, finished in the knockout. It was a great slobber knocker. So I was like, that fight was up there, and it's hard to choose one fighter this year. It is to just say this fighter stood out and was the fighter of the year. Uh, like I thought, Bibble I don't know. Did that. I thought Dimitri. Bibble I would say Bibble did because. He did the better performance of the year, 
Right. Uh, get the most quality win. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, Tyson Fury didn't fight this year, was he? I mean, he, well, he did fought the one twice, fight. But he fought. Well, he fought Soros as well. Uh, yeah, he fought you know, the he had Dillian White and he earlier. fought Wilder again. Yeah, he had Dillian, Dillian White. White and Chistora. Right. So, that was, uh, yeah, his two fights after that. So, I mean, he could be up there. It's a lot of them. Yeah. It's a lot of them on the list. But, um, to me, I would give it to Bibble because that was the biggest – because yeah. he was the underdog, and even though he was the bigger man, he was the underdog. Just because, mm-hmm. you know, it was Canelo. And no one's really beaten Canelo since Mayweather dominated him. So, you know, right. in the run Canelo's run. been on. Yeah, so that was a massive win for him. See, you know, he was on such a run, they started talking about he could beat uh, Roy Jones and Usyk, which was a little silly <laughs> there for a second. <laughs> I started hearing that. I was like, ooh, hold on now. I like me some Canelo a whole lot. I do. But let's calm down a little bit and let's not do that to Roy. Okay? Let's not do that to Usyk either. You know? Because <laughs> remember that he was going to go up to Cruiserweight and fight Usyk. It's like, well, hold on now. Yes. <laughs> let's not go there. Um, out of the young fighters, right in that prospect of the year, whether it was uh, Keyshawn Davis or Jared Anderson or Genebeck or uh, – um, Robisky Ramirez or Frank Martin, even David Morrell that fights out of here, uh, Pachero, that Diego dude. Who was a young fighter that kind of stood out for you this year? Uh, Frank Martin was actually doing pretty well this year. I, I liked his. I'm liking yeah. his development. Yeah, so I like Frank Martin. Oh wow, man, it's a yeah, lot of them nice on the list. Yeah, there, yeah. There, so there's Frank, a lot of young, talented fighters coming up, dude. Yeah, and uh, and one thing uh, I'll tell you who was my most disappointing fighter of of 2022. And that was Timo Lopez. Like, mm. I think he has really not progressed as a fighter. Oh! I agree. Was that so, a game? Oh yeah, cowboy. Yeah, I don't want to talk about what's happening. <laughs> But, yeah, Tio Fimo Lopez, man, I mean, it's not taking nothing away from, from Martin. You know, it's just he really looked terrible in that fight. Right. He looked like it was no game plan. Yeah. You know, he, he got one dropped. Big punch. Yeah, he was dropped. You know, it was like. And then after. A, the after oh, yeah, and stuff. after the behavior. Yeah, the behavior I mean, he had. Uh, oh, boy. And he tried to play it off and said, I, I actually, that was strategy. I did that so you guys would talk about me. It's like, oh, did you? Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, right. that's what happened when you're a Fortnite fighter, you know, that was doing all the Fortnite <laughs> dances. So, but he needs to, you know, work on his game, you know. Needs a new corner. Definitely needs a new corner. He's got to get his pops out of there, Garcino got to get his pops out of there. Oh, yeah. So, uh, for me, Teofimo Lopez was the most disappointing fighter, but Frank Martin, to me, was uh, the best standout. The two big wins he had. Um, He's shown a lot of promise. Yeah. 
Yeah, he had a good year. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm looking more from him. But as far as the big fights this year, I, I mean, you're not really seeing any of these guys make any moves. It's, like, really, like, stagnant with, like, TBC because they're, like, um, not really putting the fights together, and their guys are, like, fighting once a year. It's, like, terrible. You know, I'm – I don't know what's happening with BBC and why they're not getting their guys into more fights, but they really need to step it up. Yeah, I mean, we keep hearing about the announcement that's going to happen, and I know for a fact there are multiple fights made, but it is one of those. Showtime does this every year where they – well, first of all, Showtime does kind of fade in the fall during football. This one, their main events really faded, though. Um like late June, the June, basically beyond this last one that they closed with, there was like a three or four main event run that was not up to the caliber. Um, But we know that they're going to announce, we just don't know when. Uh, But there's a lot of talk around that, um, that it's not going to be announced and they're not doing a rollout. And and some people take it the other way too. So we're going to have to find out. Like I said, really after July, the boxing schedule just fell off, and it was just, it just, we just need good news, you know. We just need good news, you know, whether it's because Matchroom said a couple weeks ago that they're going to announce some fights all the way till May or April, but now it's been about two weeks since uh, they said it was going to come out. And it's like we need an announcement of multiple fights, dude. You know, we, we need to start filling up that schedule. Um and now we, we know one of the fights that people are looking forward to, uh, Charlo Tim Zoo, that's going to be pushed back uh, at least till April or May, I'd say. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we need some good news. We, we, need, some, we need some damn good news. Um, yeah, we do, because the thing is, is that you don't have any fighter. And every time you get around or build up to a fighter, we have disappointment. And, you know, the Tank Davis uh, fight, you know, it didn't, you know, I'm quite sure it's going to still go on, you know, because it's too close. So uh, at this point. Yeah, it's, I anticipated it's, anyway. Yeah, I anticipated it'll still go on probably. Yeah, so you, you know the fight is still going to continue, and they have no other route to go but to say, hey, we got to push this fight. We have no choice. So that that. But uh, any other items that you want to discuss? I know you said you got a, a full house, but any other stuff you want to talk um, about? I wanted to talk about the Crawford and Errol Spence situation because they were the biggest disappointment of the year to me. You know, uh, that was that fight was supposed to take place on November the nineteenth, and it didn't take place at all. And now it doesn't even look like, you know, Terrence Crawford took a fight in between, which which what he said he wanted to get a fight in before the year was out. They knew that. They knew Errol Spence was not in shape. He didn't train. They were already stalling to try to push this fight to next year. They didn't want the fight in November. And Could he have taken that this. fight in the summer, though, Carcino? Um. Because he did the say they've been in year? talks. Yeah, they said he oh, they were in the talks. talks. They've been in May. talks since June. 
No, yeah. I'm saying it would be okay. I'm talking about oh, be no, okay. Couldn't he have just done that fight in the summer, though, if you wanted to fight so bad? Because I get well, it. I understand. Yeah. Errol Spence, Spence is the one that's not looking to fight at all at this time. You know, like, he's got to go into a camp, get in shape, he's supposed to do a press tour, uh, all these different cities, you know. So all of that was being worked on and negotiated. And instead of, you know, they kept stalling and wouldn't give him any answers. He doesn't understand that's how Al Heyman works with the belief system and just listen to Al and everything's going to be all right. Sam Crawford's like, look, that's not how we do business. And then when you're not telling him a guarantee purse, you know, like, what is, What do you mean there's no guarantee? He's like, I've never been in a championship fight and there's no guarantee. What is, what is this? You know, it's not making sense. But everybody's like, look, just trust Al. You know, you're going to get your money. And then on the uh, – So you're saying it was back, because Spence was out of shape? No, definitely. Spence was – Spence was out of shape. They didn't want to do it in November anyway, but he wasn't going to have enough time to get in shape to make 147. And he wasn't even training. He was not even training the whole time. He wasn't nowhere near shape to get himself in shape for the fight. And that's what Terrence Crawford is like, what's going on here? He's not even in shape. Yeah, I haven't heard that one. I haven't heard the, he was out of shape. That's why I got this. Oh. Something no. else happened in the Cowboys game? Oh, no, no. That's some kids oh. running around. <laughs> yeah. So, so do, you, do you think that fight will happen uh, this year at all or next year? Yeah. Or do you think it's just gone? No, I think they'll fight this year because uh, they have nowhere to go. Either both right. guys really have nowhere to go. But what, what, what PBC and wants. And that's what people want to see. Yeah, what PBC wanted was control. And Terrence Crawford, they said, oh, we agree to what you asked for. He's like, yeah, once I made my fight, it's already too late. You guys have wasted months before you can even make the agreements to what I wanted. And he said, once I made the fight, then you send me agreements. And he's like, how are we supposed to fight on November the 19th? And we're supposed to do a press tour and all these things. And you guys knew I wanted to fight this year. I told you, I was like, I need to fight, and they like, okay, okay, we'll get this done. And it's not getting done. So it was just dragging. And you guys were doing it on purpose, knowing Spence is not going to fight. That's why Spence wasn't in the gym. He hasn't been training. hasn't been doing anything. Staying in shape, you know, just going I mean, in there, putting on the gloves, you know, pads, and, you know, just this workout. He's not doing any of it, not just – He's just lounging around being more of a promoter than anything, you know, and, and you know, like you got Frank Martin, his fighter he's promoting with his man down, hand, you know, his man down promotions. Yeah. Yep. yeah, so Frank Miller, I mean, Frank Martin uh, is like my top young prospect. I love the way he fights softball stands. It kind of reminds me of, you know, uh, you know, Gary, one of the Garys. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. He yeah, you're right. Him, so. I like his footwork yeah. a lot. Footwork. Oh, yeah, great footwork. He's got that perfect uh, range, you know? He's got that perfect yeah, range. Yeah, not a range. lot of power, more flash, right. more angles. Hey, 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 no playing on the stairs. 
No running and playing on the stairs. <laughs> yeah, so he's got a lot of um, – right. I hope we get it, man. I think you're right, though. I think that's the fight that everybody wants to see, and and there's just – that's it. You know, that's what people want to see. So I hope we see it in 2023, man, because – Oh yeah, we'll it's just, get there. Uh, it's a great matchup. It's just the process and all right. the garbage that's been going on with it. The garbage is what's been been holding everybody up. Other than that, you know, everything else has been like ready to go. Like they had everything agreed upon. It was a two fight deal. Both guys got a rematch clause. No matter who won, yep. they both had the a rematch gets clause. And the winner gets sixty forty, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I like going that. Back I like the when they way. do that. They should do that more yeah. often. I like when they do that. Because that's what the Wilder Fury stuff was, too. I, I like when they do that. Because it's legit. You know, it's like, all right, cool. Well, you know, I win. I get, I get you know, the, the lion's share because I won. Any other uh, items you want to talk about, sir? Oh, yeah. I mean, Wilder uh, is talking about fighting. Um you know, Anthony Joshua this year after after he fights um you know, Andy Ruiz. Um right. I think that'll be an interesting fight, but I don't think Andy Ruiz could take the power of Wilder. So that's a good sure. stat fight for him. So yeah, man, I wanted to say uh, happy new year to you and you know, we'll, we we got to get more active on here and make some of these yeah. shows next year. <laughs> yeah, I so, know, right? Yeah, my yeah. schedule's been all messed up, and we just haven't been able to connect, but you're right. We definitely got to work on that. And uh, also, Happy New Year, man, and uh, hope, you know, everything's going good. All right. Bless you. Thank you all for having me on. Rope It Up Radio is still the best. Yes, sir. That's right. All right, Cino. Peace out, man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Peace. Peace. All right, Carcino for life. You know the you know the drill. You know who he is. He's uh, you know we're talking about behind the scenes in boxing, and a lot of people have a lot of things to say about Carcino, but behind the scenes, you actually have conversations with him. And not just with it, you know, I'm not just saying him, but just in general, because a lot of people, you know, will, when he comes on, I always get messages, oh, this, oh, that. And it also supportive messages, too. But uh, I've known Carcino since basically I started, you know, not long after started on YouTube with the, the Ropa Dope Report. So you're talking 2009, right? And basically since then, maybe a handful of months after that, I've known him, so we're talking well over a decade, and we've had lots and lots of conversations over the years, off off air and stuff, not just on the show. And we've kind of just sit back and just laugh at stuff that you know we've both gone through in this business behind the scenes, and um, you know talk about old times, and, and also we're around the same age, same generation, so we talk about you know old school stuff, hip hop and stuff like that. But anyway, big shots out to Sino. Five oh three if you want to jump on, feel free. I'm gonna text you that too if you're not listening right now. 
Um, otherwise, we'll go over some uh, we'll go over some news and then we'll get the hell out of here. Um, yeah, I got a couple messages saying I wish it was earlier in the week. I didn't I didn't know you were going to be on. Yeah, you know how it goes, man. Sometimes it just life gets in the way, man. Life gets in the way. Um, I, this is the day I kind of had to to get it in. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, I appreciate that. I'm trying to tweak my schedule to where I can consistently do that Tuesday show. I may have to start doing it Tuesday during the day more, but then that doesn't work uh, as well, especially for John. I like hearing here. But yeah, actually, there's some good news. Is Jake Donovan today, Serrano, Cruz, Baumgartner, McCollin, undisputed championship double February 4th, I, I assume on the zone, yep, on the zone, Madison Square Garden, Hulu Theater, uh, Serrano, and Cruz, and then obviously that undercard as well. So that that's a good fight, man. I'm looking forward to both those fights are good. I'm looking forward to that card. I think that's a um, a good thing. Somebody sent me a message about Broner. Um, well, and they also sent a boxing scene. Um, article about the deal. Okay, so he says, listen, shouts out to you, Josue, Portland 503, my guy. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, man. Put something in the air. I'm about to after I get off here. But yeah, here, he, he sent me a, a sent me a, an article saying he sees why um, Broner signed with the uh, with the uh, be okay, Prime. And I get, I do. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, they gave him a three fight deal. Okay, so it says Broner's open up about the split with PBC. They told me the type of money you want, you got to fight Godzilla. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, so he's talking about, you know, he basically for three fights, um, it's an eight figure deal. I remember him saying that originally. So I remember seeing. You know, some of this. He's fighting uh, February 25th in Atlanta against Red Catch. Uh, He said, the type of contract that I got, man, they ain't giving out nowadays in the sport of boxing. These guys, other fighters, is taking these tough-ass fights, getting small-ass money, and BLK gave me the number I want. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm ready to put on a show. Broner said the driving factor that led to the new alliance of BLK Prime, that, you know, he was compensated uh, for the PBC would directly line in the level of opponent. So basically like, well, yeah, I mean, that's not a weird thing to be like, hey, you can get this much money for this level of fighter. You step up your level, you're going to get more fighter, you know, fights um, tougher the opponent, higher the payday, the easier opponent, the lower the payday. But uh, Broner apparently was not on board with that kind of sliding pay scale. Um, which, you know, that's his, that's his opinion. That's fair. I mean, he did have Omar Figueroa, so it wasn't like a super tough fight. You know, he also says no disrespect to Al or, or, or Steven Espinosa, but um, the type of money you want, they say, you know, like, like the quote, the headline said, you, you got to fight Godzilla. But um, but you got to go fight Godzilla. Godzilla. Then you got to fight um, – this guy will pay you triple. So whatever, I don't know. But anyway, so that, that, yeah, he went to that, he went there and that's cool. You know, 
um, it is what it is, you know. Um, the thing about – see, I'm not anti any platform. The thing that makes me laugh, though, all year long, for the most part anyway, um, here on Rope Dope, we've been – you know, if a fight – this whole fucking pay-per-view thing, dude, if, if, if a fight is not pay-per-view quote-unquote worthy or the matchup isn't, like uh, um, Thurman Barrios, uh, even though it was a fun fight, Ruiz – or not Ruiz, but uh, um, Ortiz and Martin. You know, I'm glad that they gave it at a $40 discount. You know, that's fine. The, the card was actually really good. There were seven fights or whatever, five on the pay-per-view, two on Fox. That was actually one of the best cards. But still, you didn't want it on paper. You know what I mean? Um, so it is what it is. We just saw Crawford with, you know, Cavalaskis, or not Cavalaskis, but Avenesian on pay-per-view. My thing is, it's all good to rip some of these pay-per-views no matter what. Dillian White here over here during the day that's probably not the best pay-per-view to have you know they didn't do the the rematch with sora whatever but like are they you know they didn't do that that on pay-per-view but my point is if you're gonna rip and this is where you just show yourself as being anti-pbc in general because it's like oh so you're gonna rip these pay-per-views you know which are worthy to rip but yet you're gonna support Crawford Avenesian or Broner and Red Catch on pay per view? So you're gonna so they have yet to done a free show, but you're gonna you're gonna support it. Like, yeah, dude, I like this new brand, man. This is awesome. That's where you're lost, dude. That's where you're losing me. You know? That's where you're losing me. Because it's like, dude, like, so that's cool on pay per view, but that's not. I mean, I got the damn just like a lot of people, I got that uh, that uh, I see the 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 press release. BLK, someone just sent me this. BLK Prime has uh, big plans for 2023, right? And it says they're going to have six pay per views. So here, after uh, productive blah blah blah, BLK Prime vision to produce six major pay per view events. So it's like, I mean. So their first – so they're not going to have – I mean, I don't know. Maybe they are going to have some free shows. Or not free, but you got to sign up for BLK Prime, whatever, which isn't a lot per month anyway, right? So so you're not going to support other ones that I understand why you're not, and you're going to say, oh, that's not a pay-per-view-worthy fight, but then Broner and Red Catch is? That's where I'm lost. So they, So they have yet to give us a – regular non-paper you know people i see on twitter all the time and this people are either media or part-time media talk about well does showtime have any non-paper views going well they already had one uh on you know scheduled but it got postponed because charles injury but they're they're talking about non-paper views for showtime okay cool that's a fair question which they do have them but you know whatever it's not announced yet, but then you're going to turn around and support Broner and Red Catch on on pay per view. You're, you're just exposing yourself majorly, completely majorly. It's just like, come on, dude. Like, which one is it? Like, why don't you just straight up say you don't you hate PBC? Then I, at least I can 
understand where you're coming from. But this whole hiding behind it shit is just funny. Um, there is some other fight news out there. Coppinger got this wrong. He said Ray Vargas was going to go against Miguel Flores, and then Flores came out and said, what the fuck are you talking about? By the way, Sabrell Matias and Jeremiah, Jeremiah Ponce is the co-feature to, um, to a fight that's coming out and should be really, really good. February 11th, uh, that's, a, that's the co-feature. But um, Ray Vargas, Oshaki Foster, February 11th on um, Showtime, um, Alamo Dome. So that's, that, that fight's happening. Tickets are on sale. Um, like I said, that it's a good matchup. It's a it's a thinking type fight, but the the co feature is a banger, dude. The co feature is a banger. This is from IFL TV. Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk. This is Frank Warren. Is now at contract stages of negotiation, targeted for early March. I'm quite confident we can get it on, but it's it's got to be signed. We're moving in the right direction. We have a we have to get the contract. Oh wait, we have a con, got a contract being issued. That's good. That's really good. And by the way, Richardson Hitchens, Ramallah Ali, and Sky Nicholson will be on that uh, February fourth card with Serrano Cruz in the headline. By the way, um, Stephen Shaw has now, you know. He's going to fight F.A. Ajagba because originally he was going to fight someone else. That dude got hurt, but I really like that fight. Just on ProBoxingOdds.com plus 138 Shaw. So he's really not a major underdog at all. I really like that fight. I like the, the co-feature, too. That's a good card. Um, there was this thing from today, or two days ago on boxing scene. Uh, Tyson Fury missing out on a million-dollar WWE payday due to U.S. visa issue. So that, that kind of makes sense. That kind of lines up. But damn, someone actually said that to me. That that's nuts. Yeah, because uh, just that Miguel Flores, he was supposed to fight a, a rematch with Abner Mares. It, it, it's just kind of weird that, like, cop came out saying that he's defending his WBC featherweight title against Miguel Flores, he didn't, you know, he didn't, it was pretty bullshit. He didn't do his homework, obviously. There is a rumor, now I want to I wanna make sure I say this again. There is a rumor about Eddie Hearn and um, Sky Nicholson, that there's a an alleged rumor about an alleged affair. I guess there was a photo that's now taken down, but it was on Twitter. I don't know that to be true. I have no clue. Um, I did see, I think there was like a, someone, see, that's the thing. Like, if you don't follow up, sometimes you follow up and it's a bunch of bullshit. Sometimes it's legit. But I'm not, that's that's an alleged thing that never actually truly came all the way out. There was like a photo of him leaving, you know, a flat or something. I don't know if that's true. I'm saying alleged because I have no clue. I have no clue if, if that's the case. Um, I get it. She's fine and shit. Don't get me wrong. But um, I, I, well, obviously he's been married too. So that plays into it, right? But just in general, I have no clue. There was a picture of 
of Sky and somebody and then Sky and him. And it was posted on Twitter like she was buying a car and he was there for it, which would be weird. But I don't even know if that's true. You know what I mean? Uh, some other fight news. Caesar Francis and Jesus uh, Sriracho, January 25th. Future stars on a Wednesday night. That's on that Pro Box TV. Something to uh, keep an eye on. There's a um, there's a February, and that's where I'm hoping it's Figueroa in full. But um, I hope that's the main event. But Jamal uh, James uh, is going to return February at the Armory. So there is supposed to be a February card. I don't know if it's February 4th. I'm not sure. I'll just be honest. I'm not sure. By the way, it was Oscar Rivas. He had a little, I think it was an eye injury. January 20th, 20th Showbox returns over Lowton against Brusov, two undefeated fighters. Hemplin and Stevens, two undefeated uh, super middleweights. And Gonzalez Morales, undefeated as well as super featherweight. I always give Showbox a try because it's pretty good here. You always got to kind of give it a try here. I think I've mentioned that. Catterall Taylor fight already. Oh, by the way, this is also from Ben Shalom. Uh, the Shield Savannah Marshall rematch will not happen next. Uh, ben Shalom, this is Talk Sport, has indicated that Marshall has activated a rematch clause, but said that the plan is for them to have one or two fights, then fight again or fight Shields. So, and then Regis Prograce, we talked about that last week with Ramirez and all that. He has been permitted by the WBC to have a voluntary defense while they figure out the status of the mandatory challenger. So it'll be interesting to see. Oh, yeah, Ubrina, was it Urbina? Sulem Urbina actually got upset. Uh, her opponent was a plus 800. That's right. Somebody just texted me that. Here's some crazy news. Here's the, the, the headline is, uh, this is Freddie Roach talking about Pacquiao targeting Triple G. At 160, after a dominant performance at 160 against DKU, or yo, yo, excuse me, Manny wants to fight GGG or one of those guys who's supposed to be the best. Oh boy, I mean this is no thank you, dude. This is boxing scene too, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Um. One thing about Manny, he doesn't want to just beat anybody. He wants to beat the best out there. He wants to fight the top guys. He said he likes the Triple G fight. But the thing is, Manny might want to go a little bit higher, or he wants to come back and, you know, fight like Crawford or, uh, you know, Spence and all that. But he also said, but this is what he also said on the Chris Mannix show on the zone. He said, but the thing is, Manny might want to go a little bit higher and fight Triple G. Pacquiao still desires to be the best to be the best there is. He wants to make his country better and he wants to improve everything. He works hard and he'll do everything, blah blah blah. I, I don't want to see Manny fight in the middleweight, dude. I just don't want to see that. I, I really don't want to see that. No thank you. Um love me some Manny Pacquiao. No thank you. Don't want to see that. Do not want to see that. Um, John Ramirez and uh, tie-in. It's a Sriracha tie-in. They agree to take part in a WBA eliminator. Um, that 
I think it's Scrappy, right? Let me look at the article. John Scrappy Ramirez, he's like 10 and 0 or something. Yeah, he's 10 and 0. Um, and at 64 and 4 with 42 knockouts was the tie boxer. Um, so the WBA uh, in 2023 WBA title limit to determine uh, the mandatory challenger for super flyweight world champion Franco, which we know might not be the case anymore after that fight. We'll see after the fight he has. Um, other news out there. Oh, this was kind of funny. Connor Ben comes out and he says, well, he said something to Gervonta too. It's like, well, you probably should be, should be quiet actually right now. But he said, he, he, he tweeted Vada and WBC. I need to get on with my career. When will there be an explanation? My name deserves cleaning and I can't keep waiting while you carry out your internal investigation. It's like, well, why don't you clear your name then? You know, because you're sure not. And I know maybe it's legalities is why you can't talk. But to sit there and be like, oh, why don't you do this? You know, well, dude, what do you mean? You know, like, come on, man. Like, it's just, it's just weird. It's just weird to say that. To me, that's super, super weird. Like, hurry up. I, I, I need to clean my name. Well, why don't you clean your name then? You keep saying you're going to clean your name, but can you not talk because of contracts you signed? It's just weird to be like, hurry up, Vada and WBC. Clean my name, bro. It, it's like, well, we don't even know, you know, you, whatever. Um, we'll go a little boxing Twitter, then we'll get out of here. Ryan Garcia trolls Tank for deleting his tweets, then he goes around and deletes his Twitter. Yeah, that is kind of funny. Um, imagine promoting AJ versus Usyk 2, Canelo Bivo, Canelo Triple G, in the biggest ever women's fight at sold out MSG, and then people think that you had a beer, or you had a bad year. Some app, yeah, that is kind of um, I'm in any way stand, but the way people are going at Fulton is embarrassing. Pro for years doing more than boxers would in terms of comp. Dudes have the audacity to unironically think he's ducking when he's already had, you know, when he already had plans. That's what I'm saying. Um, oh yeah, here it is. Uh, two tone or two tone the superstar breaking monster in ordered by the WBO after petition. If Steph, if Steph moves up, he's ducking. First of all, it wasn't ordered. It wasn't actually ordered 100%. But cool boy Steph responded and said, how's that a duck when I have my own fight set up for months before anyway even stepped in the ring? Y'all been saying anything just to keep the same energy. He's, and someone responded, you know Inouye was moving up. You could have waited for that fight. No, we didn't know he was moving up. And he still just said the other day. So, kind of weird, dude. Kind of weird. Um, did I read? Oh, Brandon Lee says, fight announcement dropping Saturday. 27-0. So, does that mean the whole schedule's coming out then? <laughs> uh, this is Fred. Oh, did I read? Oh, no. Actually, did I read Chris Mannix's article? Yeah, I saw it. Um, it made some good points. I mean, you know, he could have had this article a while back, but I understand because Gervonta is a big name. But, he, yeah, he made some good points. Um, 
But Fred said over that same tweet of him, when boxers hit men, we cheer. Or Chris Mannix said this, when boxers hit men, we cheer. When boxer, when they hit women, we do nothing. And then he goes on to say the latest allegations. Who better than Chris? I'm waiting for confirmation on Kovalev Mannix to write the story. That's the thing. Like sometimes he's real hit or miss at these guys. You know what I mean? Um, welcome to boxing with the same writer who is now demanding boxing take a stand against a never convicted boxer. Once pondered the downside of the leader of a murderous drug cartel not being allowed to work anymore in the box in, in boxing with cop. Yeah, it is kind of funny how that was real quiet uh, back then. All right, I think that in almost okay. Here's uh, Low Handshaw. Handshaw, um, good follow on Twitter by the way. In almost every case, it is best to sit back, observe, and see how things unfold with time. A rush to form opinion without fully understanding comes from a place of ego. Too many people want to usher in a crowd saying, look at me, I've done, I have something valid to say, and then they don't, and also with news. Um, just to follow up, um, I was talking with the Espinosa stuff. I read a quote from Rowley about that event, how he actually said he's out of there, that, that he, he took himself off that card when he was under investigation. And that's a, that's a good example right there. Roley was under investigation, and then he was cleared. Um, the, the tweet I was saying, Espinosa says, stop with the false narrative. That never happened. Basically, if Showtime canceled a bout for Roley due to an allegation prior to, an, prior to an investigation, well, actually, it was an investigation, then surely they'll cancel the fight due to arrest. Right? Which is a good question. But he says, stop the false narrative. That never happened. Showtime didn't cancel his bout. He withdrew. That wasn't Showtime. And so I'm just giving you, and I gave you the, I gave you Roley's, you know, quotes. So that's it, you know. Wrong opponent. Oh, this is Miguel Flores. Wrong opponent. Y'all let these reporters hype up everything and, and take it to heart. Yeah, whatever. Reporters need to get their sources, figure out before they report news. Now they got fans mad all over the wrong shit. That is true. So here's more. Someone sent me this. Eddie Hearn. Now this is alleged, okay, but Eddie Hearn having, supposedly having an affair. Um, someone apparently seen Eddie leaving Sky's flat early hours of the morning. There was a photo of it online, but now it's taken down. That's all I know. This was kind of funny. Matchroom penetrating the Aussie market. Sky's the limit. Yeah, that was kind of funny. But, yeah, that's alleged. You know, we don't know that for sure, okay? That's that's an alleged thing. Now, someone followed up saying about, you know, Broner needing a fight to come back to, and that's why he said, you know, well, he's been out, he's been out since 2021, and we all knew he needed to build himself up, but it is what it is. And it's like, well, they did give him Omar Figueroa, dude. Uh, remember when they were entertaining the idea of Canelo versus Usyk? Yeah, the most uh, egregious thing was saying Canelo could beat Primero Jones. Yeah, that, that was kind of funny. I talked about that earlier. There was a report, and it, the, the video has since been taken down, 
uh, about Michelle Rivera saying he passed out and went to the AR uh, and still fought three days later. Um, and then there was a report about him getting, he felt like he got poisoned after the fight too. Um, I'll say this though. If he actually went to the hospital, he passed out, went to the, uh, the ER three days before, um, which by the way, Ron Katz said that's, that's not true, but, um, he said, you know, I don't think his trainer would lie to me. At least I hope he would. Because uh, someone said, could be, never know, maybe unqualified absolute statement based on online reports. If doing homework, it, it could be chalked up as, you know, rationale for losing, whatever. Um, my point is, if, if his, if it's true that he went to the ER, that's on his team, too. Because if he went to the hospital after, after he passed out and still fought, that's on his team. That's 100% on his team, if that's true. But like I said, I think it was Broadway Joel. He uh, he had the the video was taken down. I actually didn't get a chance to see it, and then I went in there to go watch it, and it was taken down. So not totally sure there. I don't want to get too uh, in-depth with that one because I just don't know. I'm just being honest. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, I'm not. that's about it. I'm going to shut it down. Hope everybody has a safe but festive Happy New Year. Um, and like I said, let's let's hope that this schedule starts to fill up because boxing fans, as I've mentioned, we need some good news, don't we? I mean, we really, really do need. I'm out of here, and I'll I gotta say that dumb joke. I'll see you next year. I'll be back. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.